Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Welcome to the Sunday Show, everybody. We are the Brewcasters, the only Brewcasters, the only Brewcast. There's one, just just this one. There's only one. There are other shows, but they're not called Brewcasts. They're not. It's our name. They don't do brewcasting. They're not Brewcasters. Nor could they be. There's only one place where you're going to find all of those things. And that's right here on the Brewing Network. And we're going to talk more about that later. You're going to know why I'm being such a freak, uh, other than the normal reasons that I, I actually am just a freak. You're extra freaky today. Yes. Freaking out. Uh, good thing about today's show is since we've started doing free FM every week, it has become difficult for me to switch between uh, making sure I announce my guests on free FM properly and then moving over to a totally new guest here and doing all of that announcing properly and the phone numbers. Like, I have to remember to do that right. And not using profanity. And not, yeah, I have to remember not to say fuck ass over there. Yeah. Um, Click the switch and you can and then use you it have over to here. say it over here. <laughs> I have to say it, in fact, more often over here to make yes. up for it. Uh, Colin Kaminsky has made all of this a bit easier on me today because Colin not only did the free FM show, but now he's here to hang out with us for the brewcast. So uh, welcome right. to the studio, Colin. Thank you, sir. Nice, Colin. Did both shows? Yeah. Uh, yeah cool. <laughs> Double header. We drove over together, too, so it was a lot of fun. That's right. <laughs> We've just been hanging out, drinking beer, talking, you know? Good no. thing about Colin this time is that he showed up. <laughs> right, Colin? That's right. <laughs> and, and he brought beer. Yes, and he brought beer. Last time we had to do an emergency scramble to get Colin on the phone even. <laughs> so uh, that worked out well. Glad to have you, Colin. Thanks for spending the day with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a long day on Sundays when you have to do both shows. Huh? You'll, you may not feel it now, but uh, come 8 o'clock when we're still rolling in here, you're gonna, you might even be asleep by then. You need to come brew with me. Yeah? <laughs> you got long brew days, huh? 
Yeah, th- today's been a walk in the park. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just called me a sissy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice way he did it, though. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, 888-401-BEER is our number, and you can call us up and ask anything you want. Today's show is going to be about evaluating and tasting beers. And we got the idea of this show from Colin, actually, because he, he called me one day, and I'll let him give you the whole th- uh, the whole thing later when we start the segment at about 5.30. But the idea is that you should have a bit of a game plan when you go to taste a beer, uh, rather than just sit down and go, hey, I'm going to drink this. You know, If you really want to evaluate and figure out what's happening, you need a game plan. So we're here today to give you some tips and tricks about how to do that. So Colin's going to help us out with that. Of course, uh, the great Jamil Zanashef is in the studio uh, uh, um, uh, uh, his popeness. What are you? I'm I don't here. even know what you are. The uh, master a, beer, beer geek. What's the kind of judge you are, though? That's why I was stumbling. You, you actually have a judge. A good one. <laughs> a beer one. Like Kevin. Uh, yeah, a beer man. one. Kevin got upset with me because I didn't say the ju- If I just say you're a judge, a BJCP judge, that's yeah, not right. That's there's, r- there's rankings. Yeah, what's your rank? Uh, national currently. Okay. And you're up for. And there's a rumor I hear going around <laughs> that, <laughs> that Colin I started. started. Hey, Colin, what's the rumor? That he wants to be a grandmaster. Grand, Ooh. is that like the grand poobah? Do you get to wear a hat? You get the hat. Yeah. You get the special underwear. How yeah. many? And the ring. <laughs> and the little <laughs> pinky ring. Yeah. And, and how many grandmasters are there? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe four or five. In the whole country? Yeah. Or the world? Wow. Really? There's, yeah. there's not a lot of masters and there's not a lot of nationals either. Yeah. No kidding. How many nationals would you say? Uh, like in California, last time I looked, there was only like nineteen or something. It okay, was, or thirty. It wasn't wasn't a whole lot, maybe. But a lot more than a than a, a grand poobah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm nobody. So <laughs> low the, on the totem pole. Just one um, among five. Is the rumor true? Will you? Are you going to become a master judge? Uh, eventually, I'll take the test again. I I have uh enough points to be a master and i'm closing in on the points to do the grandmaster thing you have got to have enough points plus a service requirement to the bjcp and i've I got the service requirement part done so you're gonna skip right past master i'm kind of, i'm thinking skip that would grade. be cool yeah you know <laughs> and uh i just need to take the exam again and i uh i've been uh working on the exam with the bjcp we're doing a, a rewrite of the exam Wait a minute. So you're writing the exam that you yeah, have to take, take to become yeah, a master? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been, wow. I've been I've been grading the exam for several years as well. Mm. Okay. And it I've been ad- administering and proctoring. It's well, it's a very difficult exam. It's a 3-hour essay exam. Is yeah, but it, it becomes yeah. a lot less difficult if you wrote it. Uh no, I mean you're grading the exam. It's you know same, same thing. thing. You yeah. know you still gotta. Okay. I could probably I, probably better. I, grade I feel it like I know all the information easily. Yeah, it's just communicating it all. But I see. Um, you know we're trying to uh, improve the exam so it actually tests for more knowledge, okay. in uh, hopefully a shorter time. So when are you gonna have a service exam? Uh, Gordon and I have talked about that, and it's really something both of us are, are highly interested in. It's just getting enough time to do something like that has always been difficult. If you need a secretary, I'm a fast typist. Yeah, I'd there love you go. to help with that okay. project. Okay, yeah. Now, I predict already that you're going to get that, that same hate mail you get about, uh, oh, it's a little fishy that Jamil <laughs> so quickly became Mr. Ninkasi. Like, that takes years of work. They're going to say the same thing about you becoming a master judge so quickly. 
Yeah, I don't care. All they got to do is say no. No, and, and yeah. actually, it's, it's based on, you know, <laughs> if, not. if you go and look at the <laughs> records, you have to judge a lot of competitions. You have to judge a lot of beer. You have to, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. So okay. um, I just, I don't even really care. So I haven't been taking the, I, I had opportunities to take the exam and I just, you know, I'm like, I, I'm busy. I got other things going on. I got to, you know, so I've just kind of blown it off. Okay. But I, I, I don't think it changes how I judge or, you know, how good a judge I am. So the title doesn't just change just gives you that. a new title. No, nah, it doesn't. It's a pretty know. cool title, though. It is cool title. And you get free underwear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, and that's fun. That'd be cool. But, um, I, you know, I, it, it wouldn't change how I'm judging. So. I haven't really. It's like fame doesn't doesn't change, Jamil. That's right. Yeah. My head still fits the headphones. Yeah, as you see, which is good. Caller, you're our first headphones. caller of the day on the Brewing Network. How are you, brother? Hey, pretty good. This is Sean Haggerty. How you doing? Doing real good. How are you, Sean? Well, I'm all right. Hey, I uh, wanted a uh, couple things. First one, congratulations to Jamil. Uh huh. And I think it's well deserved. And uh, for what? Didn't really have a whole lot to say, but. Uh, uh, Somebody had to beat Boob in on the first phone call of the show here. So uh, I, uh, true, true. I like that. I appreciate that. Someone did have to beat the Boob. I think he's congratulating me on my fine life. and my. <laughs> my I was going to say, you just got congratulated for being Jamil. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think that's appropriate. Uh, as you get criticized for being Justin, that's for the phone call. Yeah. Hold on, let's get the bigger headset. That's true. Yeah. I you said phones are getting tight. <laughs> I just want to shake your hand and congratulate you for being Jamil. Thank that you. doesn't happen to everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> His head does still fit within the headphones. Can you believe it, Sean? Yeah. They stretch a lot. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, you're the first caller, and um, I don't know. I got nothing to give. What, what a conical maybe or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to get in on the conical? Oh, wait, could you get one of the ones out of the back for him? <laughs> yeah, let me just get my spare conical for you. All right, thanks for the call, brother. All right, thanks, man. All right. Sean Haggerty. Good dude. We met Sean in uh, Florida, Daniela. I know. Okay. Just making sure you remember. I you tend remember. to forget things. I don't. You forget names. Don't forget to sign up for our <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> you forgot what we were talking about. Yeah. Our newsletter, you can go uh, click the newsletter button right there on our on our homepage. Jamil, did you see our newsletter that you wrote in? Yes, I did. What did you think of it? I thought it was pretty darn good for, for me. For you. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were pleasantly surprised, weren't you? A nice yeah. effort. It, uh, you could actually read it, and the misspellings were minimal, and, uh, <laughs> it, it sort of made sense. Yeah. Did you great. guys know that that, this program called Word has a spell checker on it? Like, yeah. it will yeah. actually correct the spelling yeah. for you. You yeah. knew that? Yeah. Does Isn't everybody, cool? everybody knows that? Yeah. It's my best friend in the U.S. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't tell you how to pronounce them, <laughs> but it will uh, get them spelled properly. That would be an invention. <laughs> Sign up for our newsletter. It is going to come out once a month, so uh, this one's kind of a bonus because we put it out in the middle of the month. You're going to get another one right in the beginning of September, and uh, so that's coming out soon, and Jamil will write another tip for it uh, for us that was in there. And Doc doesn't know this yet, but he is going to be our first uh, Brewcaster bio, and we're going to do a brief biography, oh. uh, not about Doc's whole life because... it's going to be a biopsy. Gonna, <laughs> 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 uh, brief biography, uh, not of his life. We'll, we'll do that throughout the series, the biography topic this time is going to be your history of Burning Man, because you're going to that very soon. Oh. And I thought it'd be fun to write a little feature about you and how you got into it and what kind of craziness you get into while you're there. 
Yeah, I got some cool stories, beer-related and stuff. That's good. So I'll be conducting that interview with Doc in the next couple of days, and uh, that will be in the in the new uh, Brewcaster. It's called the Brewcaster. So sign up for a newsletter on the homepage. Which now, before we get into feedback, I need to do this. Latest issue is Imergy. See it, Doc? I've heard it. I haven't seen it. Mine hasn't come yet in the mail. Jamil, you see it? I won't get mine for several months. <laughs> so you guys haven't seen it? No, we have not nope. seen it. All right. There's an article about <clears throat> beer podcasts. Cool. Uh-oh. And we're featured in it as well. Lots of the beer podcasts. And actually, one of our listeners uh, wrote it. It's a listener-submitted article. Uh, and it's a good article. He, he's done a good job. Uh, I Spelled everything right? Spelled everything right. Um, I'm happy about the article. I have to start with that. I hear a butt coming. You got a butt face. There's some butts. Um, and I don't mean to uh, be harsh on the writer because I, I, I don't think he did any of this intentionally, but it's worth noting, and I feel I need to point it out. And one of the things is I need to nip this in the butt before it gets out of hand. The podcasts have been mentioned in um, two, at least two magazines that I know of so far, and the Brewing Network specifically has been mentioned in those. It's been in The New Brewer and now in Zymergy. And I think that there, that uh, another magazine is going to be doing one soon. Both articles that have been written, including this one in Zymergy and the one in The New Brewer, have incorrectly labeled all of the beer podcasts brewcasts. That's why you were going off at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there's a <laughs> you got sand in your giner. Well, <laughs> I do. You're right. But you got to understand that branding is important. And, you know, I don't have smart thoughts very often. So when I do, I need to protect them, right? <laughs> you need to put that little TM at the end of Brewcast on your website. Yes. The TBTN. Well, I have done it in certain areas, just not in all areas, but you're right. I need to do that now because now other things are being referred to And then you, as could, sue, you could sue everybody. And I can just sue everybody. <laughs> I don't want to sue everybody. I just want well, this as a cease and desist. Yeah. In, 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 in general terms, <laughs> in I want... a threatening wanna, way. You know... We came up with a, a, a nice idea, and and that idea was to start brewcasting. Absolutely, was to turn broadcasting into our favor and start brewcasting. The article in Zymergy this time, even it's even in bold print in the headline. It says, "Tune in to the latest brewcast." Now, I would be okay with this headline if the entire article were then about the Brewing Network, because that's the only brewcast you could actually tune into. So, all I'm saying here is that uh, Brewcast is owned and operated by the Brewing Network. Any use, uh, expressly or uh, unintentionally, uh, use of the word Brewcast can only be used with the sole consent of the Brewing Network. And written its, permission. And it written consent by the Brewing Network and its partners. Yes. Okay. And, and affiliates. <laughs> so, I even had to send an email to this uh, new magazine that's uh, also doing an article to hope that they would be the first magazine to correctly... Uh, refer to uh, brewcasts as only items coming from the Brewing Network. Jamil, are you with me on this? Because you, my friend, are a brewcaster. Uh, yes, I am. And nobody I else think is. If it's your intellectual property, it's your intellectual property, and uh, you should. And you feel very passionately about that. And I think you, since you invented it, you have the the right to it. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. I think you're totally right on that. Okay. If it was me, I probably wouldn't. But you know, it's, it's <laughs> you and uh, it's me, and I need, to, need to go for it. I need to stand on my soapbox about something, right? Well, yeah. no, especially if you yeah. created, and you should you should say, hey, please, you know, um, I, this is something we started, and and I'd like to, you know, 
uh, you know, keep that as a personal remembrance. Not like, not like you're yes. trying to make money off of it or anything. It's just like it's something you just want to hold dear. You know, you yes. It's like coming up with your funky club name, like Stinky. That's right. You really, it means a lot to you. It, it does. Can't let them so use Chicken go. Boy either. No, that right. belongs to the Brewing Network as well. <laughs> there is no other show that has a Chicken Boy. Exactly. You know. So I just think it's important that uh, it be known. And I got to nip this in the butt now because, like I said, it's been two articles now. So now I got to make it be known that it belongs to us. All the other beer podcasts, while I have nothing against them, I enjoy them. I'm glad that they're there. I don't. Ha- it's not their fault that they're being referred to as brewcast. So I'm not giving uh, ill words against any other uh, beer podcast. All I'm saying is that we're the only brewcast. And uh, we're the only one to do it live, and that's part of what brewcasting means. It has a definition behind it. So I just want to say that. The only other problem I have with the article, and this has to do with Doc, because there's a lot of things around our show. And I understand it has to be a short article. You can't put everything about a show in there. But they describe the cast of characters. Shall I read it to you since you haven't had it yet? <laughs> it starts with me. I don't know. Uh, he does mention a lot of good things about us, that we're the only live show that people can call in, things like that. He says, Justin is the main host and co-founder of the Brewing Network. He sounds like an over-the-top FM radio DJ. <laughs> hey, I, it keeps us listening, man. I think that's good. I don't know if that's good. But I'm good. okay with it. I don't have a problem with it. I think it makes us sound professionals, but the way I look at it. Unlike the rest of us. <laughs> well, here's where he goes on, and this is, this is actually where I, I come into some difficulty. So he sounds like an over-the-top FM DJ, while his straight man, Doc, plays along well. Straight man. Ooh. I think yeah, that's... But that's all he says about you. And I, I got my name in print. I don't mean that he needs to have a bio of Doc, but Doc's uh, presence on the show is more than playing along with me being an FM over-the-top DJ, whatever, right? Your presence on the show, it, it, it defines the information part of what we do. I mean, being able to, like, for example, what I would have liked to see in this article, and again, I want to say, I, I don't have anything against the guy who wrote this article. I, I'm really happy that he wrote it. I, I'm just, I have to give my critique. I would have said, while his, whatever, if you want to say straight man, while his straight man doc not only plays along well, but can answer any question that comes through the phone lines to the Brewing Network. He's the goat. Almost correctly. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and if you can understand <laughs> what he says, it's, then it's correct. At the beginning of the show is important. Yeah. You know, like just saying something like, if, if you need to know something, Doc's the go-to guy. I mean, something like that that would have actually promoted your presence on the show other than a guy who just goes along with whatever's happening. I always kind of, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I've, I've uh, submitted articles before, and they chop them up pretty bad. Ah, okay. So maybe we can get him on the phone and see what happened. Um, yeah. Because I actually wrote a Burning Man article, and it was in Last Call. Okay. And uh, it got chopped up. It did. Quite a bit. So maybe he did. Maybe it just got chopped up. Yeah. I've had to fight for every sentence in my articles. Yeah. And, and when I've written every sentence, you fight for. Okay. Because yeah, I, I write things and I write them specifically so you know one thing follows another and it, they just chop it up and it's like okay, guess you lost my thought halfway through there and yeah, well. okay. Well, maybe that's the case. I'd like to hear it. It was written uh, by I can say the name. It's in print magazine. It's written by Matt Fisher, uh, who, like I said, is a listener of the show. So he doesn't have uh, you know he likes the show. Uh, so none of these things were negative. I don't mean that. I, they're just my my criticism. And maybe his article just got chopped up. Yeah, Matt, if you want to call in, and let us know this story. That's fine. I'm not offended. My name got in there. Your name got in there. Your name's in print. So that now yeah. and, and so overall, the the great thing is uh, another write up uh, for the Brewing Network and the other uh, podcast as well in a, in another magazine. And that's great because uh, we all need the exposure to keep this thing moving. So on a whole, wonderful. Thank you. That's great. Just those couple of things. All right. Everybody okay with that? Yeah. 
Perfect. Okay. Let's do some quick feedback, and then we got to get to Daniela's World Vigorously, which uh, has been our new feature for the past couple weeks here on the Brewing Network. First bit of feedback, and I want you guys to know there's a couple of kinds of feedback that comes in here, and especially when they're praise feedback. I thought it was the good stuff. And the stuff you like. Well, here's what happens. Here's what it is. And you, you get to know this over time. You get to know very early in the first couple of sentences what, what kind of email you're getting. There is the kind that, that, that writes in to say, Justin, you know talent hat. <laughs> okay, there's three kinds. There's that one. <laughs> I missed those. I guess what I'm referring to is the kind that praise the show. They're the kinds that call in to, to just say thanks and to make sure that we know the different ways that we've helped brewers and, and the different yep. parts of the show that they really like. And and that's the content of the email. And they say, it's great, it's great, it, you did this, that helped me, this helped me, thank you, thank you. The other kind starts off like that, but it's really a way to be nice in the beginning to be a douchebag in the second part. <laughs> All right, and that's what happens. And this is, is, is one of those. It's very interesting. It starts out, uh, Justin, I've been listening to you in the archives for a few months now. It has been a great time, and your show makes me excited to brew. I love all your guests. I instantly know by this sentence, because I read these all week long, where this is going. He goes on to say, when I first started to listen, I wondered how you got such a hot German girl. It's been a few <laughs> months now, and I still have the same question. How do you find such a hot German girl? Please answer this question to Schatten Parker. <laughs> you see what I have to go through with these things? To even ask me that question assumes that I'm not worthy of a hot German girl. That Are I don't you? that I don't merit a hot German girlfriend? That's true. I That's think we all have those questions. I think that was, that was inferred. <laughs> yeah. And I am personally offended by <laughs> such a thought. I can tell. I mean, that I should even have to entertain this question. <laughs> but look at all the faces around there. Everyone, everyone's like, what's the answer? Yeah, we're like, uh, hey, yeah. hey, there's, it's silence across America and parts of the world right now. They're waiting for the answer. Waiting for the answer. See, I think he asked the wrong person. <laughs> That's true. There you go. Okay. I guess if I had to answer, which I, it bothers me that I do. I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> Same way people win the lottery. Yes. You, you keep trying, and eventually you get really lucky. Every yeah. dog has its day. You meet him in a dark bar. That's right. <laughs> you get her drunk. Germans are good for getting drunk. Meet him the old-fashioned way. No, getting them drunk doesn't help. I can doesn't help hurt. you. What's the answer? you, you got to keep her drunk continuously <laughs> yeah. so she doesn't run away. That's why I invented the brewcaster. I'm a brewcaster. That's right. <laughs> what is the answer, Daniela? Well, if I have to be serious now for one second, then... They don't get all gay, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you have to invite her to your house, make her go to work for you, spend all of her cash for your private investments, and that's it. Spend all her money so she can't leave. <laughs> exactly. It's almost as good as keeping her continuously hide drunk. The gr- hide the green card. Yeah. I guess you got and it. And it also helps if you constantly make her laugh because you're just a funny guy. Okay. Oh, laughing is good. Laughing is important. So Drops laugh. Pants, Germans laugh like to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever works, man. <laughs> you got to get a laugh. <laughs> Show your balls. Yeah. I think I probably did actually do that on one of our first meetings. I think you did. Yeah, I was going through a period of my life where I was showing everybody my balls whenever we were out. I don't know why. I just thought it was necessary. I'm glad I didn't know you then. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know each other then. Had we, you would have seen my balls. 
All right, let's move on to some, uh, some other feedback. Uh, hi, nerds. Now, I finally pulled myself together to post on this board. I'm from Denmark and have been brewing for about four years. I've been an archive listener for almost a year. What a great show. Uh, he has a question for us. I just transferred 10 gallons of IPA to two cornies for clearing and also dry hopped them with one ounce of Cascade pellets. What a mistake, he says. The hop pellet crap blocked the dip tube in both kegs. So now I'm dreading the day I'm going to transfer to my serving keg. Ideas are welcome. And that was from uh, Skal Casper from Denmark. Okay, I've got a great idea for him. Okay. Turn the keg upside down. Mm -hmm. Let it settle clear. And take it out of the out tube. Yeah, that'll do it. Yep. Or the out tube's an inch long. It'll all the hops will settle below that. Okay. And then he'll just be able to take it out the out tube. Great idea. Uh, he can use a racking cane. He's got one of those left over. Open it up and rack just out open of it there. Up and rack well, out of it. Yeah, but you know the, the I when I dry hop I do it with pellets loose. I don't bother messing with anything. And what the pellets are not blocking the tube itself. They're mm-hmm. up near the poppet. And uh, every once in a while you get some hop crud through there. But if you just hook it up and uh, work the work the poppet or work the faucet a little bit, usually it blows that crud through. They don't sink to the bottom, though? What they sink think? to the bottom, yeah. Oh, but then they come up and get caught. Like, I well, see. They, they yeah. run up, and that's how they're blocking. They, they Little pieces come up to the top into the poppet. And then usually the problem is it holds the poppet open, so you can't remove the lines. I see. But, you know, you just on and off, on and off, and... I've never had a problem. Okay. You, you may get some chunks in a few glasses, but eventually, you know, the area around the little the line. The chunks make it taste better. Yeah. You know, the area around the little line clears. You, you but don't have to order know, a sandwich. Just depends how <laughs> how much you want to worry about it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. You know me, I'm a no-worry brewer. I just live <laughs> loose and free. I'm Jamil, and I just do it. <laughs> I just go wild. Beer just free. happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, yeah, I would say uh, for uh, ease of use, go for Jamil's method. If it doesn't it work try, for you, yeah. uh, turn it upside down for a couple of hours, like, uh, like Colin said. A couple of days? Yeah, yeah. A day, probably. Yeah. A day. And then uh, go out the out tube, the in tube. I, I had a tank. I, I dry hop sometimes in the serving tanks. I prefer to dry hop in the fermenters. Okay. But I dry hop in the serving tanks. And, and when he has to turn those upside down, yeah, this is yeah. a real bitch. So, yeah, <laughs> so I had this, you know, tank, and, and the bartender says, oh, there's a couple of flakes of hops running through. And instead of shutting off the beer and saying, okay, maybe I better call the brewer, she decides that she's just going to run it until all that goes through. Yeah. Oh, they well, waste all the beer? Well, no. There was only about a gallon of beer left in the tank. So what she did was take the five gallons of yeast and hops and pack it into my 50-foot-long line. Oh, nice. To, to such a degree that what I had to do was backflow through the faucet for about five hours to get it pushed back out. You know, because my line, there's 25 feet of 3 8 line, and then there's about 20 feet of 3 16 line, or uh, 5 16 line, and then it goes to quarter, and then it goes to 3 16 in the in the tower. Um, you know, because my tanks are pretty far away from my faucets. Yeah. They're in San Jose. He's in Napa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so to get this all packed, there was no way it was going to come out the front side. No. I'd had to go backwards because the line's taper. She wasn't my favorite bartender the next day. Yeah. Don't it sounds like she's still not. A big mess. <laughs> Actually, I love her to death. She, <laughs> she's a, a great bartender and really believes in beer. Good. Um, and she really was trying to get a better tasting pint out of the faucet. <laughs> yeah, good effort, anyway. All right, I do have some more feedback, but I'm going to save it for next week because we've got to get moving. Let's take a phone call, and then we have to get to Daniela's world, Vigorosely. Trans, you're on the line with the Brewcasters. What's happening, brother? 
Hey, what's up, guys? I can't be in the chat today because uh, my computer won't allow that. So uh, oh. here I call in, ask Jamil a couple questions. Okay, what do you got? Oh, yeah, from Liz Zymergy, uh, I was just wondering uh, how it felt to get shown up by Johnny Warm Pitcher Plisse in the dark logger category. Ooh. Ooh. How do you feel about that? Uh, whatever, dude. <laughs> okay. No worries, right, huh? Yeah. Judging error, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that beer was great, right? Did you try John's beer that uh, that uh, that won that category, Jamil? Uh, no, I didn't. You didn't even try it. I did. It was very nice. Yeah, I, I, I didn't too. have an opportunity. Okay. Next question. All right. Uh, from the same energy, I noticed uh, under the judge notes they were saying uh, they thought maybe your beer was too sweet and it needed uh, more attenuation. I was just wondering if you. Thought that was accurate, or he thought you on know, what beer? Wrong by them. On what beer? Do you remember both, which beer? It both was? of your gold medal beers. Oh, which one? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, do you have a point of all this, or I think that's a good question, no, Jamil. He no, wants to know if you agreed with what the question. judges said about it being too sweet and stuff. Oh, I'd have to look at the individual sheets and read the whole sheet. Okay, because those are Belgian strong and they're smoked. Uh, um, well, beer. Yeah, on the Belgian Strong, I uh, I actually ex- exchanged a lot of email with uh, Stan Hieronymus, who's uh, wrote the uh, Brew Like a Monk and is considered quite quite the guy. So he has that recipe okay. up on his site, and and he, um, I don't know. I, um, Let me see. I'm looking for the comments here. You know, the interesting thing on judging is, and, and this okay, so. I, let's back up. Okay. I tell people to enter contests, and, and the reason why is to get proper feedback on your beer. And if you enter a competition once and you get two or three sheets out of it, do not believe those sheets. Okay. Okay? You're going to get variable information from different judges. One judge telling you something doesn't mean anything about your beer. You need to enter the same beer three or four times. You need to get yourself 10 sheets. Hey, when, s- when you have 10 sheets... Whatever you're mixing over there, I don't know if you're making your cocaine for the day, but you got to stop yeah. <laughs> you're banging around in the background. Go ahead, Jamil. So when Sorry, you get, I was making dinner. Sorry. That's cool. You know, once you get yourself 10 <laughs> sheets, then you look at those sheets, and if seven of them say, oh, your beer's too hoppy, or your beer's too this or too that, you need to listen. If one of them or two of them say, oh, I thought it was too hoppy, then you say, well... You know, the other seven say it's it's just right, or you get a 50-50 split on some things. Yeah. There are certain kinds of beers where people say, oh, it's too malty, or, you know, it's not malty enough, or it's too sweet, or it's too dry, or, you know, and and you'll end up with a 50-50 split. When you get that sort of thing, it's fine. You, you just don't worry about it. You, okay. you can't take individual comments and worry about it. Okay. You know, it's not, it's, it's really not important. So when you, when you get your sheets, you really want to look at, look at them in context and look at them in the bulk. You know, look at them, uh, and, and see what the percentage is. And then you're actually getting feedback because it's a, it's an imperfect science and you're gonna sure. get some variability and you're gonna get some different, uh, comments on there that you really need to ignore. Okay. So and we're going to get I, into that a little yeah, bit really during this show, too. But with all that being said, Jamil, uh-huh. I'll read you the comments. Uh-huh. And I think it's a valid, specific question. He just wants to know what you feel about these comments on this beer. Yeah, the comments the are... whole sheet, though. Those are, those are like, they cherry-pick those off of... No, no, I think you can answer this yeah, without looking at the whole sheet. Okay. It's, right. They're pretty basic. Okay. I, I, he, the, the only co- he says it's a very nice example of a style, uh, with an exclamation point. Uh, good complexity and integration of flavors. The malt bill seems just right. 
His only criticism, it seems to be, is on the sweet. It's on the sweet end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. More attenuation would help. That's it. So uh-huh. I, I think he's just wondering: Do you think that more attenuation in your beer would have helped it, or were you happy with it right there? Well, I, I, I don't think so because um, on that specific beer, you're talking about the Belgian Strong Dark, right? Yeah. Which was like the second best of show. Yeah. And it's just, I think if if I changed it. It, it, again, it's one comment, yeah. right? and and in all the comments that I've been getting, there hasn't been any mention of it being, you know, there there might be a few mentions of it being too sweet, yeah. a few of it being perfect. If I dried it out, then others would go the opposite way, yeah. and it would it would hurt more than. I mean, you you, you just can't get sure. You know, there's you can't please everybody. No, that makes with sense. A beer that makes sense. So you have to be very careful. But I agree. But I kind of like the idea that you can take the judge's comments back, and even though you really liked the beer when you sent it, and go, hmm, you know what? Maybe it was a little at- uh, over attenuated. Absolutely. But don't yeah. do that from one one comment from one sheet. That's yeah. a mistake. You okay. need ten sheets minimum, yeah. and then look at them in whole. And if and if every sheet says, hey, it's uh, sweet or it's uh, yeah. you know salty or whatever. You, you'd say, oh, okay, I need to change this. This is really a problem. I thought it was okay, but yeah, I see, maybe I see what they're talking about. Fair. But even still, if you have 10 sheets that tell you one thing and you like the beer that way, keep it that way. Yeah. Don't change it unless you're trying to win a competition or something, then you need to change it. Right. But if you're just, uh, want to improve your beer, the, the main thing is that you like the beer. Unless right. you're trying to, you know, run a pub or something. Now, I think the more important question here, Trans, is, is the uh, have you seen the picture of Jamil in, uh, that, that is over the couple <laughs> of categories that he won? Have you seen yeah, it, Daniela? Like ribbons there and the It's so face. cute. He, yeah. You're looking a little pudgy in the picture, Jamil. Oh, have you seen it? The camera puts 10 pounds on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he's extremely happy. He well, does look very yeah, happy. Let me see. He's all squinty. You've he's been, had a couple in him. You've been drinking all day, and yeah. then they, you're in a dark room, and they, they <laughs> push <laughs> you up against the wall. Yeah. They tell you to smile, and they flash that thing in your eyes like three or four times. <laughs> you look handsome, Jamil. Like always. <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. See, that, I, that's I, how I Jamil gets... the ability to lie. <laughs> John, John doesn't look all squinty. John is glowing with uh, yes. with happiness. Yes. You're squinty. I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's funny, actually. Uh, the new issue of Zyra G is uh, loads of entertainment for all. And uh, they put his recipe in there on on a, on the couple of golds that you won. I think a, uh, at least they chose a couple of them and put the recipes in there. Plus, John's recipe is in there, and it's cool. Uh, there's a picture of us broadcasting in there as well in, in the uh, actual NHC coverage section, and you're on the yeah. air with us at that time. And yeah. um, So that's pretty cool, too. It's fun. Great. Thanks, Trans. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care, brother. Enjoy your dinner. Yes, enjoy enjoy your meal. I'm hungry now. Uh, we talked about that. Okay, Daniela's World Vigorously. Daniela, please, the, the floor is yours. I brought you today um, a little introduction to German hops, actually. I've researched all week long while I was at my job. Perfect. <laughs> information about German hops, and it was actually kind of interesting. Cool. I'm stoked. I found a very good website. They also have a very nice um, essay in English on that website. You can download and really find a lot of information about German hops. I'll plug that in the chat room later on. You want to say it now, the website? Yeah? Well, nobody is going to know um, remember because it's in German. Yeah, but we like to hear you say it. Deutschehopfen.de Dot de right yeah mm-hmm. Deutsche Hopfen that's fine <laughs> Deutsche minus Hopfen actually okay so um, hops in Germany has been cultivated since the fifth century uh, first written evidence about cultivation of hops was uh, 736 after Christ or how do you say it in English even? yeah A D A D 
Um, all right, the production was really huge. It peaked in the 19th century, but unfortunately after the um, First World War, when uh, the USA and Russia put so many protective uh, tariffs on Germany, the uh, hops production was diminished, like it was diminished to the to 10% of the level it used to be. Now the hops production in Germany is back on track. Uh, we're the biggest hop producer in the world. Really? Followed by the USA. Surprisingly to me, China and uh, Czech Republic. China's number three? China is number three in the hop production. Isn't wow. that amazing? Have you ever heard of Chinese hops? Do we get to use Chinese hops here in the U.S.? No, Dr. Scott? I can't buy them. You we can? can't, right? We can't well, use them ever. Do you know why that is? Or? No, I just, my purveyors don't have them. I can get Australian hops, but I can't get Chinese mm. hops. But uh, I'm told the reason they b- are making the, they're growing their hops in China is just to make, do it cheaper. And right. they have such a huge uh, production of beer there that they need to, you know, br- yeah. make China, their own. And biggest beer producer in the world. It's not like they're great hops or anything. Mm-hmm. My understanding. Mm-hmm. It's we don't. It's not we don't have them because they're communist hops. <laughs> because it we get better hops already, so it's yeah. not worth shipping them over just because they were grown in China. Well, and shipped hops are usually uh, a Honestly. grade below. Right. Anyways, uh, shipping hops is really difficult. Oh really? Yeah. So if you get the stuff from Germany and the Czech Republic, it's not too great either. Then you want to get your hops from I Hop Union. That's where you want to get your hops. If, if <laughs> I, I use German tetning, I mm-hmm. don't know the proper way to say the word tetning. Um, I love the hop. Um, it's not as fresh mm-hmm. as the hops I get here, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. And I would, if I could get it from Germany and have it right. refrigerated at, at zero degrees. Ah, uh, but you know all what? The way here, you know what? Uh, in my conversations with several hop experts, they've said that the in Europe, one of the deals they do is they um, they age the hops. They they harvest them and they sit around warm for a few weeks. Yeah, that's a and, bad idea. And, and it's in order to <laughs> let all those volatile uh, aromatics. D- be driven off. Uh, I like and those then, And then they cool them down and they pelletize them and all that stuff. Here in the U.S., we pick them, we crash chill them, and they get mm. packaged and, and they never, and all that stuff remains. And um, they tell several stories where they took uh, U.S. hops and somebody in Europe ordered them and uh, they were going to supply them with hops. They got the hops and they go, wow, these stink. They smell like, you know, American hops and, you know, they're nasty. They got that American smell. Mm. So they left the, the hops sit out for a couple weeks, packaged them up, sent them to them. It was the same lot. Mm. And they loved them. They said, yo, there's a fine quality, uh, just like the European hops. And it's, that it drives off that thing. So. Isn't that an American yeah. song? Yeah. I, and it's, like, it's that freshness and brightness. <laughs> but, uh, that, people, that I want. Some people in the world, uh, hate that. We, we like that here because it's that ultra fresh hop aroma. But, uh, some people consider those, uh, those volatile uh, aromatics to be offensive. I think the real problem with shipping Chinese hops is that they're, the pellets are all shaped like a hammer and sickle, and it just doesn't uh, package very well. Is that the problem, Danielle? Is that what they said on the website? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even look at that. Exactly the problem. That's exactly the problem with shipping. Okay. Go on, please. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we in Germany take our hops very seriously, too. Um, after the World War, there was some hops laws that uh, got set into place. I don't know if that's the same here. The regulations are the same in the U.S. We, for example, have a law that's in English that's called uh, the hop provenance law. There's actually only seven regions in entire Germany that allow um, the production of certified hops. Okay. So I found that very interesting. Some of them you guys know, Hallertau, Tetnang, Baden, Rhein-Palatinate. It's in English, I guess. Hmm. Do you know that region? No, no. say it in German first. Rheinland-Pfalz. 
No. Uh-huh. So they are the only ones who get certified, and the certification process is really complicated. So if you get some German hops, it's been through a lot of certification. Independent agency would certify that hops to make sure that it's really high quality. Yeah. So I guess the stuff you get, if you get it there, it's really good. Um, some, um, apparently we have 16 different kinds of hops. Some of the names I've recognized from America, like Magnum, for example, we do our own Magnum hops. Uh, the m- most famous hops is the one that comes from Hallertau. Mm-hmm. And it appears to me that all of the German hops has a very balanced flavor. It's very balanced hops in comparison to the American stuff. It doesn't seem to be too hoppy than in the beer in the end. It's uh, most of the time very fruity, very spicy, and like more on this moderate level. Yeah. Just what we do use for our beer too. Yeah. That's it. All right. Hops from Germany on today's Daniela's World Vigorosely. Vigorosely. Doc, do you feel like you, uh, y- you've broadened your horizons after that? Always. Absolutely. That's Daniela's world. That's right. It's the first time I've seen her nervous on the air. <laughs> <laughs> She's just uh, getting into the segment. It's only her third one, so... Uh, well, I'm actually talking about some real beer information to a bunch of dudes. You know, usually I only talk funny stuff. But no one... We didn't have anything correcting to do? Because you don't know. Jamil's reading a magazine over there. He's, <laughs> yeah, that might make uh, kind of nervous. He's riveted uh, <laughs> about this whole discussion. We're going to take a quick break. We're here today with Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's. When we come back... We're going to start the actual topic of our show today, which is evaluating beers and how to taste them properly and figure out what's going on in there. Right here on the Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. A couple things to consider. One is uh, sometimes people focus too much on the need to uh, reduce the lag time. Uh, It's important not to have a really long lag time, but, you know, there's a practical limit. You want a good, healthy start more than you want a super fart. I like that. I said fart. Uh, I'm on. Thank God. Not a moment too soon. Oh, oh, mm. There's no one in the room, right? All right. That's a really hard line. You wrote it. What's with the Abacast dream? God damn it. Oh, these are really hard. I'm just going to have to do this a bunch of times. Who wrote this shit? You know what? Go ahead and start me over. And just trash that trash that whole tape. Hit that fucking whirlpool vigorously. Holy shit. I need some air. Damn, my yeast will not proof in my... Oh. oh my god, I'm so white. <laughs> okay. Proof and fucking boobs being rude and my kid pulled the like out to save that a whole lot faster. This whole chat room I want now, just in shit. That's a lot of words. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Ow. I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Jum, blah, blah. That's the end of that. Then we're off into the pseudo chorus. I just got booted out of the chat room. Uh, I was so in the groove on the last one. That was crap. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the fucking chat room. <laughs> Did you have to laugh? Sweet shit that likes life and aerobic. Damn, play useful not proof and I'm a- out of air. Dodge little boys in my ear screaming. I realize that I'm missing two whole bars of lyrics. Damn, play useful not proof and fucking boobs being rude, my kid. I, that one's impossible. 
think I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear. This is where it just goes and falls apart. I don't know how this worked in my head. Motherfucker, drink! Drink! Oh man, that's deep. Yeah, that always kind of irked me. That part's easy. It's how do I fit all that other crap in there? Alright, that's probably good enough for now. Oh, that's funny. Is that you? Oh, that's me. Shit. I'm throwing down an angry rap song. Oh, what time is it? Probably within the next 20 minutes. <laughs> I love you, sweetie. Okay, running out of time. That's the gay version. Okay, don't even think about putting that on there. <laughs> This is just pathetic, isn't it? Look at the two jerk-offs. Bet I don't have, like, a good ripping fart right now or something. Wait. Uh, I'm actually touching cloth. <laughs> Doc's little voice in my head screaming! Are you doing that Bernie man? Kill JP. <coughs> it really sounds like I'm on the pot, doesn't it? I think it does. Oh, let's just despair and take a crap. I'm out. We get to drink. It's the Evaluating Beer Show on the Brewing Network with Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's helping us out. You can go to downtownjoes.com if you want to find out about what Colin does when he's not hanging out with us. And uh, Jamil Zanishef, of course, is in the studio helping us do this Evaluating Beers because uh, what better guy to do it than um, future Grand Poobah judge Jamil Zanishef. <laughs> I'm tired, though. I, I've been working all weekend on this beer stuff, and I'm, I'm worn out. Yeah. You're a little whiny today. I'm a little whiny today, so watch it. <laughs> Jamil's on his man period this week, but, but it's all right. I, I totally, time. I totally accept it because you're always so pleasant and nice in here that it's actually good to see you a little whiny. Yeah, so I'm flowing like a river, and uh, you're all gonna pay the price. <laughs> yeah. What have you been judging all weekend? Uh, I've been helping out with the uh, long shot competition, the Sam Adams thing. I, you know, I, just a few weeks ago, I got uh, kind of tangled up in this thing, and I say they. They really put a ton of money into this to really treat the judges nice, which made it all worthwhile. But, okay. um, you know, it's, it's just exhausting to do something like that. Yeah. You know, to, to organize something like that is really, how, how really many rough. entries? Uh, we only had like 206 or 207, but you know, it was last minute and just trying to do anything last minute and set up a judging with, you know, 30 judges and yeah, comes out like a brewing network show. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's just a, a lot of effort. Yeah. So you've been doing that since Friday? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been working on that for a while, and then since Friday at, like, noon, I've been down there, you know, until this afternoon. Ah, okay. So I just want to go home. I just want to... I just want to... Soon. Relax. Soon, my friend. Well, relax yeah. here. Just have it. Just relax. We don't... Look at... I, you can read the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Okay. <laughs> 888-401-BEER if you want to ask us uh, any questions about what we're about to talk about or anything else. Uh, Jamil won't answer it, but Colin will, because <laughs> Colin knows everything anyway. Uh, and that's what we'll do. Uh, today, we really want to talk about uh, evaluating beers. And we used to have our tasting segment on here uh, every week at 6 o'clock, which will be coming back. I'm working a little bit with uh, Beth Zangari. Am I pronouncing that right, Jamil? Yes. As close as I can get anyway. Beth Zangari, who, uh, by the way, is doing the show with us next month. I'm really excited 
excited about that. She's the official queen of beers and very cool lady, and she's going to help us out a little bit with the taste. She's awesome. She's great, right? Yeah, she's really totally awesome. A lot of fun, a uh, lot of knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, and just a very cool woman. She's so nice. She, Beth Zangari, if you don't know, if you look in your uh, latest issue of Zymergy, or any issue of Zymergy for that matter, when they do their evaluating beers and they have a panel of judges, Beth is almost always the uh, one of the one of the panelists so you can check that out and uh, so we will be getting back to our weekly tastings but this show in particular is about tasting in general so we're going to do some catching up here and beers that we've got to do today I've got some listener beers we're going to empty the fridge of our listener beers we're going to evaluate those we've got Colin Kaminsky's beers from downtown Joe's and the first one we're going to do here is uh, Doc's beer that nobody uh, has tasted yet nope which, nobody which beer me. is this uh, it's a rice pilsner okay uh, probably brewed it Five weeks ago, four weeks ago, five okay. weeks probably now. It's been cold storage for almost four weeks. Okay. So I think this is a good one for us to start with because nobody has an impression. I of haven't it. really even tasted it. Okay, so perfect. I, I put it in the keg last night about 2.30 in the morning. Gotcha. Because I, I wanted to make sure I got it over here. Were you drunk? Uh, Scott's yeah. never drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. No, because I, I was bottling after that. Ah. I was a hammer at bottling. Gotcha. So got, you, know, you got a couple of half <laughs> bottles and eh, what the hell? You're that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, before we actually taste it, and it's a great one for us to evaluate first because nobody here has an impression of it. Let's talk about what we're getting at here. The conversation I had with Colin uh, about a month ago after he did our last show, he had the idea to do the show, is that you shouldn't just sit down and go, okay, I'm going to taste a beer. Let's drink it. Uh, because you, you, you maybe are going to miss out on some of the nuances of a beer if you don't sort of have a, a game plan. And maybe you'd be better describing this than I, Colin. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into my mind when I'm tasting the beers at Joe's. And because your taste buds change every day and, and you're trying to make a consistent product for your customers, it's, it's actually quite a challenge. So um, one of the things that I try to do is just kind of have a laundry list in my head to make sure I cover... You know that I've I've checked everything that I want um, the beer to to have and and the first thing in my laundry list is what did I just eat or did I just brush my teeth ah, or yeah. what's in my palate first? Great and and how am I going to be cleansing my palate while I'm doing this? Because I think both things are really important. Yeah, your palate is this dynamic thing and you don't have a lot of control over it, but you do have a little. And I've found that potatoes and salt are uh, uh, one of my favorite ways of uh, getting my palate into a neutral place. Okay. Um, now, that's just the one I've chosen, and because I use it consistently, it is my neutral place. Yeah. Uh, now, that, I'm really glad that you started with that. It's an excellent point. I, yesterday, um, I kegged up my disaster all-grain beer. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name of it, disaster all-grain. Disastrous all-grain is, is the name of that beer. And I knew it has tons of, of problems. I knew going into it. I wanted my palate to be ready to taste those problems. I wanted to try to be able to talk about it and figure out where, you know, where the problems were. As I was kegging it, um, I was drinking an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking as I'm drinking the IPA, well shit, you know, you're really ruining your palate right now. And you're gonna need to do something to, to clean your palate, have it back in order, because an IPA is a really strong, flavorful thing that's gonna, it's really gonna overtake your entire palate. Uh, when we go to festivals, a lot of people say get get to the IPAs last so that you can taste all the other beers. One one of the interesting things is that the vast majority of what you're sensing is all done through uh, aroma, done through your nose, right? Yeah. And when when um, so 
you you do need to kind of recalibrate your nose. One of the favorite things of experienced judges is to you sniff your arm. Really? Yeah. Sniff like your wrist or the back of your forearm. Not like your underarm. Not your underarm <laughs> or your feet. And and what happens is, it, it, or your clothing or something, it's it's an aroma that you're used to. It's kind of where you're calibrated. It's an aroma that's always around. And it's one of the difficulties, and it's one of the things about judging and why it's imperfect, is there's other aromas all around you all the time. Here in the studio, it's going to be different than if we're sitting at a table at uh, you know, the NHC or, yeah. or if we're sitting down at a brew pub. They, all, all those things are different. And if you're at a brew pub and they're tasting their beers there in the brew pub, they taste one way. You put them in a growler, they taste different in a different environment. And so uh, you know, being able to calibrate like that, as far as uh, you know, your, your actual taste buds go, a lot of that is you know, the bitter, the sour, the sweet, it's it's those base uh, base senses that you have, yeah. And you know, IPA. One of the reasons you leave IPA towards the end is not necessarily because of the aromatics, although that can you know that can be huge, yeah, and can can affect you. But uh, the bitterness, and you can kind of get numbed out to the bitterness. It's yeah. like uh, you know jalapenos and things like that. They'll they'll numb you out, and it takes a certain amount of time for your your palate to recover. Yeah. And so, so I actually, and now I really like that you mentioned it sort of clearing your. Your nose, then, at that right. point. I just, as you were saying, it's funny, Jamil mentioned the arm smelling thing, and everybody <laughs> in the studio went smelling their arm, and I could see what you're talking about. And you're getting thousands of aromas through your nose. You're getting, yeah. you know, five, six things through your tongue. But that clears it, yeah. Yeah. So that's a great idea. Uh, luckily, it didn't matter that I was drinking an IPA before tasting my beer, because it was actually bad enough that I could still taste all the shit in my beer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even after having to it. was beneficial. To <laughs> yeah, it was actually probably much better that I had had an IPA first. So, okay, a great starting point to, to figure out what works for you to clear your palate, and uh, now I like the idea of peeking into a judging room and seeing you bunch of buffoons sniffing your arms in there, uh, but it works. I just haven't it, done it, it does. Right I have two beers in front of me, and, and they smelt totally different to me before I, I did exactly what Jamil said. Smelling your arm. So, yeah, so now great I have an idea. excuse yeah. to smell my arm. Now, what if you <laughs> smelt my arm, Jamil? Does it only work with your own arm? I'd probably get, you know, <laughs> like I can't go smelling Daniela's arm and then do the tasting. Do it. <laughs> Not your underarm. <laughs> oh. She's showing us her underarm. Yeah, you know, again, it's it's a, it's a, an aroma that you're f- familiar with is the idea. You want to smell something you're familiar with. So Round for two, you, right? it might be, you know, yeah. it's a reset. The <laughs> <laughs> reset <Jamil>. button. <laughs> okay, so you want to reset your palate and your, your nasal passage, too. Right. Because and of how important aroma is. At least it's something you carry with you always. Yeah. And you can always, you know, recalibrate to that. So if, you know, if you're recalibrating to a potato or, you know, uh, something else, Bread. as long as you always use that same thing, okay. uh, you know, it, it, it's helpful. And in fact, in the judging room, you sometimes have what are called calibration beers. Is that right? Where you'll, I, right. I've read about that a little bit, where you'll have a very light kind of a standard calibration beer. Yeah, it's, it's more to get all the judges talking on the same level. Okay. And uh, there is a thing about sniffing coffee beans to you know help uh, clear your the aromatics, but uh, coffee. Yeah, I think it would really interfere with judging roasty uh, beers. Sure, but, uh, I guess they use it in uh, wine world. The the quad espresso I wake up with certainly ruins my palate <laughs> yeah. for about a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. And about a half an hour later, it ruins something else too. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> Well, that's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once we've set ourselves up, and, and I have a question here from the listener, which is what is the best way to calibrate your palate? I think what these guys are saying is maybe there's not a best way. You need to find what works for you. It's, it's through experience. So, yeah. 
you need to again, you know, try doing the same thing before lots of different beers. So uh, you know, sniff your arm before a whole bunch of different types of beers, and if you do that over time, you know, the, the you can you can start to to get a sense of how things change, and uh, you, know, you just you need lots and lots of experience. It's it's something you build up over time. Okay. Okay, so having figured that out and clearing your palate, then Colin, what's your uh, what's your next step? So now you know you're ready to experience a beer. Okay, so for me, the next step is visual. Okay, and I want to I want an idea of is this beer the color I'm looking for? Um, you know, for me, while I'm evaluating the same recipe over and over again, mm-hmm. I I want to find out is this color the same color as the last time I brewed it? Because often it isn't. That's one of the things that. Uh, uh, your pH has control over. Yeah. Um, so even if your ingredients are the same, your pH can change the color of your beer. Okay. So I, I evaluate the color. I evaluate the clarity. I evaluate the head all by eye. Am, you know, am I getting a little bit of lacing on the glass? Um, is the beer clear enough for me? It's off, often not clear enough quite yet when I'm going on tap mm-hmm. because it's still going to clarify over the next week or so. Right. Um, and and so I'm evaluating all of those things um, before I even want to smell or taste it. Okay. What's the beer that we've been drinking of yours here just for the first part of the show? That's our uh, Ace High Pale Ale. It's your Pale Ale. I do want to say one thing about uh, I've seen two of them now, uh, your beers, because we had an am- your uh, wag, what, sorry, tail wagon amber, tail wagon amber ale at the FM show, and now this one. You really have beautifully colored beers. The amber ale was such a nice. Uh, clear light red color and this one is really nice too so we we have another growler of that to taste later as well well you know since the last time i, I tasted uh the pale ale i think it's improved uh measurably well I, thank you i notice uh, uh, uh i think it's uh getting uh you know quite quite nice okay so note to audience improve yeah. your water chemistry and jameel will like your beers better. Yeah. You know, right. I, I, <laughs> the first thing when i tasted it i go you got the water right yeah <laughs> i can taste the water coming through in that one that, what it's doing for that beer and that's the difference too yeah though the between when jameel tasted them last and now the recipe hasn't changed but the water has great it's a, a fantastic beer it's a good beer all right, back to the palate for just a second. Uh, my brother, Bug, is in the chat room. He's a chef, as you may or may not know. Uh, excellent chef, by the way. And uh, not just because he's my brother, but because his food's good. Um, he wants us to know that when, when tasting foods, he calibrates his palate with uh, like a mild sorbet or even just water he uses. I, th- I would tend to think, and I don't know anything, obviously, uh, water with beer... I think it would work to clear some, but it definitely depends on the beer. It, I try, so I had that IPA yesterday, and then right. I want to taste my beer. So the only I didn't have anything, so I, I did use water. Water didn't do the trick. I think if you you've had something very strong beforehand, onions or or an IPA, water might not be enough to well, clear it. You know, during it judging, we always we always use water for judging. So you want to use a, uh, a dechlorinated water. Um, no bread know, or anything else. Though? You can use bread okay. crackers. You use a not a yeasty bread. Don't use like sourdough and uh, you know, if you use crackers, use the non-salted variety. Things okay. like that will help. But um, uh, I'm totally lost here. What was uh, oh, the, the thing about uh, bitterness? Again, it, it actually um, I can't remember where I read this, and I, I'm going to state it wrong. But they did this study about the impact of things like um, jalapenos and hot bitterness and things like that. How long it takes for the taste buds to actually recover and trigger the same amount? Okay, and it takes surprisingly long. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing that will 
erase that. Sure. So once so, you've fatigued them, it's, yeah. it's all so over. So if you're, if you're trying to compare, I, I've judged a lot of IPAs in commercial. I've judged like 40 IPAs in, uh, in a day. And the, the trick is that you have to, uh, you know, you start with your first one, take extensive notes as to what you think the bitterness and the hot flavor and all that is. Mm-hmm. And then as you go through them, you're, you're, you're drifting. And every few, uh, samples, you need to go back, try your first one, try a couple of them, and see how far you're drifting. And you need to adjust. It's one of the hardest things to judge is IPAs. And that's why in a lot of the competitions, IPAs are a crapshoot because it depends on where you are in the flight. Okay. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll drift and you'll need to look at it and say, boy, this one seems, uh, awfully sweet. And then you'll go back to your first one that you thought was nice and hoppy and bitter, and you drink that one. That seems even sweeter. And you go, oh, okay, I've drifted so much, I can't even tell that this is bitter. And it's more bitter than the first one, which I thought was really bitter. Okay. And that's what happens. You have to take a break. You have to wait a couple of days. Things like that happen. Yeah, okay. And by the way, Jamil, if you ever can't remember where the study was or, or where you heard it from, just do what I do and say, Jamil said this once. <laughs> That's right. That's what you do. I know. <laughs> Anytime I can't remember, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Jamil said this. Yeah, yeah, Isn't Jamil true. his own journal? He is. You, you can just <laughs> yeah. cite Jamil. And it lends credibility to anything that you say, you know. Jamil uh, said I could drive in this lane, oh, officer. It, it was a, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was uh, somebody who studies taste, and it was on one of the, I think one of the, some Beer, something. I, I can't remember. Yeah, don't worry ah. about it. All right, Buggy's on the phone, maybe to help us out here. Bug, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. What can we? Uh, what you want to help us out with this pallet deal? Oh, I don't know. Well, I, I think I have a couple questions, and, and I don't know. Daniela, I, she asked me what I used to clear my pallet, and yeah. I, I was thinking more. I, I wasn't thinking with beer, okay, know, or, or like. Uh, but I do like a mild sorbet, sorbet like a mel, uh, a lemon with a little bit of sugar. You know, that sweet and sour sorbet. I. <clears throat> I think tends to clear your clear my palate, but that's because I'm, I'm also eating things with a lot of fat. Uh, okay, right? You know what I mean, like a, yeah. a, a a salad dressing with a lot of olive oil in it, or something like that. And fat kind of coats the tongue, yeah, and can actually numb your tongue to a lot of not numb, but just sure, uh, you know, whatever your, your tongue to a lot of the flavors. And I always go with sorbet when I'm having pork cracklings. You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> pork cracklins will really. There's a lot pork of fat there. What are, is that like pork rinds with like Fritos or something? What no, are pork it's, uh, it's fried, uh, deep fried uh, skin and fat layer from a right. log. See, then an mm. IPA. Now, you, then you need an IPA to to get that <laughs> shit off your tongue. Yeah, yeah. yeah it goes good, it goes well with IPA. Yeah, pork cracklins. Remember it. Now, have you been to uh, many wine tastings, food tastings, where they're professionally tasting things, Bug, where they have a, a palate cleanser of uh, any particular sort? Uh, well, a, a lot of it is is um, it, it's always it's always food and like a food uh, a, a wine dinner or a beer dinner. You sure. Know? <clears throat> and and the palate cleanser is always the meal. Or, uh, you know, an intermezzo, they'll call it, you know, where it's like basically a sorbet or, or bread, you know, which yeah. I, I kind of thought of when, when he was saying potatoes and, and salt, you know, bread with a little bit of butter, but the, I don't know, I think the butter defeats the purpose, but. Yeah. 
you know, more stuff like that to, to exact to neutralize. So if we took that method, we could maybe have a six pack in between tastings as our meal to clean our palate. Doc, what do you think about that? That'd probably work. Well, that's why they invented sure. Guinness, right? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Danny, Danny W has a good point in the chat room. He says, as hops or oil, the sorbet is actually a good idea. Yeah. You know, to clean your or adjust your palate or whatever you call it. I just don't know a lot of brewers that have sorbet in the fridge. But uh, if you're going to just sit down and do some tastings, it might be a great idea. Uh, Jamil, maybe you want to show up at the next judging session with a gallon of sorbet. Yeah. I think when they brew salt in the alley. I don't think so. No? (laughs) You don't think they'd look at you like you were a man anymore if you showed up with sorbet? I think it'd be the tutu. I think they'd appreciate the cracklins more than the sorbet. (laughs) What's unmanly about a sorbet? I don't get it. It's just a word. Oh. (laughs) I I think when they brew Zima, they use sorbet as a palate cleanser. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty much any word that doesn't pronounce the actual letters at the end of the word is a sissy yeah, yeah. word. And, and the funny thing is, I actually, I actually like Zima. <laughs> what? Over, you, didn't, you didn't just. You are. You must be tired. Over over ice with a uh, twist of lime. It's actually pretty refreshing. Stop it. Yeah. And he gets the alcohol too. And it's yeah, made from barley. Exactly. He's got a really. He's got a really straight face on right now. You just well. I hope you don't become a grand poobah now. <laughs> yeah, w- w- when are they going to have the one here drinking the Paps Blue Ribbon and the uh, Coors all the time around here? You're having something different. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> what category does Zima fit in? It's malt beverage. It's a, isn't it's it? a malt. Yeah, it's beverage. a malt. It's a like a light hybrid. It's a malternative. Malternative. There, there you are. Yeah. You guys talk you a brew lot. beer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. filter the hell out of it, and uh, add some citrus, and there you go. Do hey, you think it's charcoal filtered? Oh, yeah. 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 That's it, it, it's like water. That's what yeah. I think. I think it's charcoal filtered. Yeah. I think it's vagina filtered. All right, so I, I got some things to say here. Right? All right, go ahead. <laughs> Question? What about, like, you know, when, when you're, uh, like, actually tasting beers, when I've been to wine tastings and, and done, like, um, you know the, the pacing of flights or that that sort of thing. Yeah. You don't. Well, you're not cleansing your palate in between, right? Isn't it more about um, like tasting them in the right order? Like you know, Justin, like you said, you, you, the IPA because it's so hoppy and so bitter yeah, right. and, yeah. and and so big. You know, it's the same thing with the wine. You're, if you're if you're tasting some cabernets along with some chardonnays, you're obviously going to taste the cabs last. Yeah. Okay, right, so, so when you're doing a flight, Jamil, would you cleanse your palate in between each beer? Yes. You yes. would? Absolutely. And winemakers do, too. Okay. With what? With water. Oh, they, right, right, right. They spit and then cleanse with water. Right, B- but not neutralizing or, or uh, I don't remember. Not sorbet or food or anything. Or in crackers or yeah. just water. Right. Cracklins. Right, yeah, you don't. It, and it depends on, on what you're judging. If you're having something, uh, you know, you're judging American Light Lagers, uh, you know, there's not a lot of uh, stuff to get in the way, and you can you can go through several. You need to do it every few at least. It depends on how how you feel you're drifting. Yeah. Um, but uh, on something like IPAs, things like that, it's, you know, it's just it's a brutal thing to do. Or you know, a lot of fruit beers or uh, right. specialty beers, you really right. need to do something in between each one. Or yeah. you're, you're I lost. think what's really fascinating to me, and that I'm learning from Jamil as we're sitting here, is that he has such a focus on his palate that he's watching it. 
in in real time. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm just trying to get it bumped back more towards normal, right? Because I'm not as experienced as Jamil is. But and, a more but, interesting way to do it. Yeah, but he definitely has a, a focus. He's got his head around his palate at every moment, and he's watching it shift. And I think that's really important. God, he I, makes me sound so good, I, you know. I, I think I'm focus impressed. is a great word it's to true, use. Though. Though. Great. Sorry, but focus yeah. is a great word. Yeah. Yeah. Because every time I've sat down with you know with a master sommelier or, or just a, a sommelier or a winemaker to to do pairing. Yeah. For a wine dinner, or, or even the beer dinner, when I sat down with the people from uh, Oma Gang, they, they, I swear, every single one of them, like before we even started the first course, was, okay, I'm ready and I'm focused. Ah, yeah. They all use that word, to be focused. And oh. it was kind of something, I guess, that just escaped me a little bit. Like, I didn't understand yeah. what the hell they were talking about. Like, I'm ready, is what, is what I'm saying. I'm ready to taste that beer, well, crying out loud. You know? Yeah. That's a good point, and... And one of the the one thing that it's nearly impossible to overcome is your your mental state. Um, it's really right. hard to adjust your mental state, and you don't realize it. This, you know, you you can realize you're angry, something like that, but you know, you you take on these beliefs. And I tell that story about uh, how I thought I brewed this drier beer, and I believed it was a drier beer because I had done the process and I had tasted it, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. And I was I I had I had fooled myself into thinking that. And when I tasted it, I tasted a drier beer. And yeah, I was totally wrong. Yeah, and it's you know it, it, that's you know you cannot overcome that, it, it, or it's nearly impossible when you have something personally vested in, in right. beer. I find that Doc and I are very focused on uh, how drunk we're getting when, <laughs> when we're when we're tasting beer, and we we sort of set up our progression of beers accordingly. And you, you know, adjust by closing we, we one eye and all that stuff. I've seen that. <laughs> we adjust our inebriation in real time. Yeah, we're very, very, very focused, by but, the way. Well, no, I mean, but that's an important thing to remember, too, yeah. especially if you're tasting a lot of beers, sure. is that the drunker you get, the harder it gets. The, nu- uh, the mouth is uh, one of the first things to go numb. When you're getting drunk, and and the mind's eye as well. What what are you focused on, though? Are you focused what that particular style is supposed to offer and supposed to taste like, or are you focused on being able to taste what that beer is actually offering you and and tasting like? You know what I mean? Like, if it's an IPA, you know it's supposed to be bitter. You have to separate that. Because otherwise, what you're, you end up doing, and these are excellent questions. You're doing much better than Justin. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. I'm going to sleep. The, 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 uh, the thing is that if you bring again those expectations that it's bitter, or, um, and I see this happen all the time in judging specialty beers, uh, people will say, well, this has, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, it's got, uh, orange and vanilla and, uh, pepper. Right. And then people will go, oh, yeah, I, I, I get the pepper, or, you know, and, 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 and you could take a beer and you can hand it to somebody who isn't that experienced and you can say, oh, this is, uh, an orange beer. And they'll go, Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, I get the orange. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow, I like that orange. And there's no right. orange in it. And it's it's all the power of suggestion. But you you know, if you get somebody who really they're actually tasting the things and they don't allow they 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 go into it open and they say, Well, you know, the flavors are the things and the aromas are the things I'm going to detect. And you know, they're they're like a machine rather than mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they don't allow the, the the you know that input to affect them. But you know, everybody's affected somehow. And sure. Again, it's imperfect. And and I would use the word focus in the sense of martial arts, in that you're focused in present time. You're not thinking about yesterday. You're not thinking about what you expect or what it is. Okay. You're focused right there in present time, willing to experience that beer. And if you're do- not doing that, if you've got you know some some manager that just embezzled a bunch of money on your mind or whatever, <laughs> sure, it's really difficult. For example. For example. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think th- so. That's that's a great way to do it. So you're just focused on experiencing everything. You're not focused on it being an IPA. You're not focused on it being uh, you know uh, orange peely. Just just on being Although clear. Y- you're gonna have to keep a track where you're saying, okay, is this to the IPA style? Yeah. You can't let that affect what you're detecting. But then you have to match what you're detecting up against the style as well. Sure. But maybe then after the fact, maybe af- so after you've detected it all. You can then go, okay, now match it to the style. You do several passes through a beer. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, now uh-huh. I, I always start with the aroma just because it tends to be the most volatile, and I like to you know catch anything that's fleeting initially. Mm-hmm. And then it'll change over time, over the you know, 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you know, as the sample warms, things change. Other things will come out. Uh, you know, some things will be lost. And so you need to sample several times as you're going. Right. And... Uh, you know, I go aroma, I go uh, the the visual aspect of the beer, and then uh, I get into the flavor, and then I work on body. And it's it's a, it's the same thing, uh, same way the sheet is set up in the BJCP score sheets. Okay, they do aroma, you know, go top to bottom. and be, But before you get to your final comments, you go top to bottom again. And sometimes mm-hmm. you bounce around a couple of times, and mm-hmm. you need to... Do several passes through it and see how it's changing, see how it's evolving, and and see how the whole thing comes together. Okay. And and then I, I think in that end, uh, one of the most important things to me is is how did the beer strike me overall? Yes. And that's something Absolutely. I really want to take some time with because we will. It, yeah, we will. That, and Let's that's a get great, to there at the end. Yeah, here's what I and we absolutely will do that because uh, that is something we've discussed before. That the overall impression is something a little different than all of this technical stuff we're talking about. Exactly. So let's make sure we do talk about that. I want us to get started with this beer because uh, poor Doc's poured his beer and we don't want it to get to room temperature. And uh, we, so since we've already discussed then the, the cleaning of the palate and and the nose, uh, let's start with our next step, which uh, Jamil likes to be then the uh, well, we've already done the appearance, which which I do out of order from Jamil, which but is interesting. Jamil, you go you right to the aroma. The aroma, because uh, there's some things that are fleeting that, uh, and, and there's an interesting uh, thought on that. If it's something that's so fleeting, if you pour it, jam it in a glass, smell it immediately, are you smelling things that will be gone in a moment, yeah. and it's really not that important to the beer? Or is it something that is important? Or do you need to take it into perspective? It's like, well, that was a fleeting thing. It smelled a little off. But, uh, you know, a minute later, it smelled okay. Okay. And it's just something, you know, that it might be useful information to the brewer. Okay, so let's start with that then. Let's start with the aroma of this beer, and then we'll move on to the appearance, uh, like with Perfect. Colin, like start before we do the taste. So, uh, to, in order to get the aroma out of the glass, w- what are we doing, you know, so that we can really get a good smell of it? Is this the swirl? You, you gotta make sure that you swirl it, or? Well, initially you don't. Okay. Um, but that'll help, uh, you know, drive some CO2, and that will kick out some of the, uh, the volatile aromatics. Uh, you know, get your nose down in that glass. Don't, don't, uh, if you're sitting several inches away, you're not gonna smell anything. You're not really gonna get the full experience. Do you but pour you, the beer up close to your nose as your nose you, is down in that glass? You can, you can tilt it if you want, but generally, if you swirl a little bit, and, uh, you know, these are tall glasses we're using with a small sample in the bottom, so you might need to move it around a little bit more. But on a, a typical 9 ounce or 10 ounce judging cup with a, a 2 ounce pour, it's pretty close already. Yeah. Especially, you know, you got a big schnoz there, so it's like I do. I can get it way down <laughs> in there. Yeah, right get in that there. beak down in there. It's a Crosley trait. <laughs> yes, yes. It's not the only big appendage we have, Jamil. Absolutely not. Uh-huh. Also, the truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> we have really long <laughs> middle fingers. <laughs> All right. So I'm smelling it. <laughs> Your middle fingers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So what is it you smell? <laughs> well, you're asking me, aren't you? Yeah, um, that, I, actually, you're the perfect person to ask because the rest of us have, have been sitting here making our own assumptions. So I smell, um, I smell a little bit of corn. I smell, but I also get a little sweetness too. So it's not a dry vegetable-y corn. I, f- I feel like I'm getting a little of a, a an, and it's not the caramel sweetness like an ale. It's a different kind of a sweetness. I, I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. DMS. DMS? Yeah. I thought the corn, the corn was, okay, what about and, the sweetness? And, it, and it's, and as part of that sweetness, what I've discovered over time is if you get rid of that DMS, that's, it's, it's part of that sensation, that sweet sensation. Okay. It or not. It's kind of a perfumey sweetness is well, what I think it is. Well, there's there's a perfumey uh hop in there too. Okay. Uh kind of I I think this is a fantastic beer. Okay. Right off the bat. I think it's it's it's, it's only flaw is the bit of DMS. I only. thought I thought that was to style with a pilsner. Um well, you will get some DMS in a pilsner. It's tough um, to get again. it all out of there. Right. But you don't want to get it all out there, is what you, I thought. You know, the the depends the, on the judge. The, the malt will really come through more uh-huh. without that. And, uh, you know, the beers without it, I think, are, are even better. And some of the, the classic German uh, Pilsners, the ones yeah. that you really go crazy about, they tend not to have okay. so much. So you, uh, you, this you is think a bit. it's a fantastic beer just off the aroma? Uh, no, I've t- uh, we, we poured cheated. this like a half an hour ago, so <laughs> it's, it's getting warm, and I, I wanted to catch it while it was while it was still when it was first poured. I would say though that the aro- I think the aroma is fantastic too. I it's, like it's, that it's, bit of corn. It's got a nice yeah. pilsner. Yeah, yeah, but you know, if if he was adding corn, <laughs> then I would yeah. go. But yeah. you know, the, the, other than that, you know, a, a nice bit of hop in there. Yeah, it's got a nice uh, you know lager profile. There's a bit of other sulfury things going on in there. Um, but I, I think it's, uh, it's very nice. Have you identified the hop yet? Uh, you asking if Jamil has Anybody. Yeah. I mean, uh, Doc knows it. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to identify it though. Justin, can you, can you identify the hops? Uh, no. Just by an aroma? No. Uh, you know, occasionally I can. Um, like a check sots or? I was, I was going to say perlite. Okay. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I don't feel like I can smell any malt. You can't. Well, that's, that's a little bit of the sweetness you get again. It is, okay. And that's yeah. what, if yeah, you, but it, 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 I'm telling you that DMS covers up and it makes that malt seem sweet. And if you get rid of that DMS, it, it, it ends up, the malt comes through a little bit more. Okay. And this is something I've just been exper- experimenting more and more with, especially doing the Whirlpool chiller thing. I've been able to get down to like zero DMS on, on these beers. And it's, it's impact is, is, Tremendous. Okay. How are you doing but, that, Jamil? Um, rapid chilling uh, through a whirlpool chiller. And and I know that this, is, a, this is really important to uh, Budweiser. Right. Um, so they do this the very similar thing. They they take the beer from boil to below thirty two degrees, um, and then whirlpool. I I, mm. I get my entire volume of wort uh, below uh, one hundred and forty degrees in less than a minute. And once you get below 140 degrees, you're not converting SMM to, right. to DMS anymore. But but you're also not self sanitizing. So homebrewers, be careful. Right. <laughs> so and it's all you know. It's all closed, and it's uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't whirlpool open. I do through a pump, hmm. and uh, through a and then there's an immersion chiller in there that uh, the whole volume drops very rapidly. I can drop 100 degrees in like three minutes. I do wow. that too. I use a wow. pre chiller on it first. I use a pre chiller and a whirlpool and an immersion chiller. Yeah, get it down below. You know, 130, 140, yeah. and, and then, uh, then it, then it pumps through the, 
counterflow right. and into the conical. Really, that's quick. our little overachiever there. Yeah. And, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and, um, and then what do you do then regarding the trube that you've collected? Generally, a lot of it goes it stays in the kettle. You can be- still keep the break in the kettle. Yeah, because that's why I that's why I went to an immersion chiller as well as my counterflow because I wanted to drop it fast and I wanted to drop out all of the the cold break as fast as I could. Where when I was just pumping it, I was whirlpooling it before that, and then pumping it through the the counterflow, and it, I was getting too much break into the kettle. I mean, into the conical. And then I'd, I'd wait and I'd dump that, but. Uh, this way it just seems a lot cleaner and I get it down a lot faster. I just it's when it stays up above, you know, 150 and it's not boiling, driving off the DMS, you're just making more. Right. And, and but uh, this, this beer is a about a three SRM probably. Yeah, real light in it's color. Maybe yeah. two or three SRM. And Buggy, are you taking it's lighter than I've ever made? What I'll do is I'll let my uh work sit in the in the kettle. So it's all gets sealed up just uh when the flame out. And the and the chiller goes on and uh, it chills it down and then once it reaches my pitching temperature, which is you know for a logger it's going to be in the 40s and low 40s, um, I turn off the pump and I let it all settle out and I give it like 20 minutes to for all the uh, break material and everything to drop to the bottom and then I just rack it off and I go out through the valve and I get right. clear wort. Let me get us back on the on the season here. That's no, it's all good topics that people want to hear too. But uh, I think a a good topic while we're still on the aroma before we go to tasting is that Daniela is is frustrated about uh, about smelling the beer. I really am because I'm really good at smelling wine, and I can actually totally put my finger on what I'm smelling. I can identify the aroma, and when I read the profile of a wine afterwards, it's almost a hundred percent what I have smelled. I just can't do it with beer. I don't know. I cannot put my finger on what I smell. Mm. I get confused with the alcohol smell that I smell mm. too. How can I improve that? Because I drink beer frequently, almost every day. Right. And well, I like beer a lot. Every every beer you drink, you want to evaluate. You know, every every time you pour something, evaluate it. And try and do it with, you know, don't do it with Justin. Do it with me or do it with somebody who knows what they're talking about. And then you can... Uh, so I was come and drink beer with me, I was and, <laughs> yeah. and I'll teach you all about. Uh, no, no, he, he, already, he already warned you that he's going to try to get you drunk. And he's also <laughs> got some candy for you. <laughs> and, no, and 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 if you, if you sit with somebody like you know Dave Sapsis, who who taught me a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, just listening to what he's he's noting, and then uh, you know, uh, telling him what I'm thinking, I'm 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 coming across, and sometimes he'll say. You know, I don't get that. Could mm-hmm. could that be this that I'm picking up? And then I'm like, oh, okay, I understand now. You know, that's that's not that. That's that's this other thing. Right. Or sometimes, you know, I'll say something that goes, yeah, yeah, very good. That's mm-hmm. something I, you know, neglected earlier, but yeah, it's in there. And, yeah. Right. And it, you just, it's it's work. You really need to right. work you, with But somebody. what, like, in my daily life, I mean, I don't get to hang out with you guys all the time. And when I do it with Justin, we're good with the wine because we've learned a lot about it. And the beer, he is good, too, but I, I still don't get it. Is there, like... In wine, you always get descriptions from the vineyard. You get descriptions what they think their wine is like, and yeah. then you can look it up and compare, and it helps you. What can I look up for beer in that matter? Okay, well, first off, you want the beer flavor wheel, mm-hmm. and yeah, that'll help yeah, you a lot. Aroma wheel, right? Yeah, there's an aroma wheel that came okay. out of UC Davis, oh, okay. and I don't remember the woman who who made it, but it's a, oh, it was a woman who's a, a very gifted writer. And there's a beer flavor wheel, and you can get a copy of that. Oh, okay. And that'll help you because it, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll s- make you realize that nutty and roasty are pretty similar, but they're a little bit apart. Okay. And but you get all the way on the other side where you've got yeasty and and other things. Yeah. Mm. And and the wheel will yeah. give you an idea of okay, well, is this roasty or is this nutty? It gives you 
two things that are close together that you can try to compare to. Mm, okay. Oh, that's interesting. I think you're smelling everything in there. You just don't know what you're smelling. And what yeah. Jamil was saying, if you sit down with somebody that knows what, what it is and they point out that smell, you're smelling something sweet, kind of something, and mm-hmm. he'll, no, that is this. And right. you'll never forget that. So every, mm-hmm. every time you smell a beer with that in it, you'll know, oh, that's DMS. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or hey, that's diacetyl. Right. Now that's what I wanted to ask because we did talk about, uh, tasting with a free mind and maybe not being told that you're going to taste orange not being told you're going to taste these things but doesn't it help then to so taste it without with a with a clear mind but if you can't put your finger on it like so many new tasters do uh, myself uh, daniela uh, if you can't put your finger on what you're smelling doesn't it then help to read a description like we do with the wine? It then helps to read the description of the wine because sure. they say, okay, you should be getting grapefruit in there and whatever else. But they have a whole year to make that description. Yeah. Right. You know, we've got a week to yeah, get sure. a batch of beer well, on tap. Yeah. And, and also, everybody's I, palate is very, very different as well. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, what you're tasting is grapefruit. I may taste as orange. I, I don't know. That's where I think the aroma wheel came in there. Or, you know, the, the, the beer flavor wheel came, come in really handy because if you're smelling something that, you, oh, it smells a little bit like grass, then it kind of narrows it down, narrows it down, narrows it down step by step to where uh, you can. Right. But, again, but I guess it's also leading as well. <clears throat> a level of intensity as well. So different people w- may perceive the same thing, but, uh, something may be below their detection level. Uh, and for others, it may be just wildly high. So I may be picking up more DMS than, than others, or I may be, you know, picking up less than others. And you know, it, it, it all depends, and you have to be careful. And I and I think you have to be careful. I would bet <clears throat> that of the people reading the wine descriptions and tasting the wine, there at least half of them are just imagining that. They taste all these things. Yeah. And you could write almost anything on there. Sure. Yeah. Kind of like reading your own horoscope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. And then it comes yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> I am that great, and, aren't you know, I? <clears throat> I don't see anything wrong with that because, um, you know, if people enjoy the experience better because yeah. of that and they feel like they're they're attached to it. Yeah. And that's what it's really all about. It's yeah. not about anything else. And making you want to buy the wine yeah. and you have a better experience for it, that is... That's perfectly fine. If you love yeah. life better because of it, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. I don't care if it's right or wrong or sure. it, it's actually in there or not. It doesn't really matter. And yeah. I live in the Napa Valley, and that's th- these people love those things yeah. and love that about the wine tasting. Right. Right. That's one of the reasons why they're at the wineries tasting wines. Okay. Okay. Can we move to appearance now? Because we've kind of done the aroma. Or do you want, Jamil, you want to tell us what you, we only got what I smell out of it. I, I have one more question about the smell, and that is I always try to see what kind of yeast signatures I'm getting. And uh, so I want to know, just based on microbiology, what, what do we smell in here? I know you don't want me to answer that question. What are we smelling here? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I think um, <clears throat> I, know, I, wanna... I've never used this yeast, and I can tell right away that that's a yeast I've never used. Right. Uh, um, and, y- you know, especially in a lager, you're going to get, um, you know, uh, it, 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 most of it for a lager yeast is whether you're getting sulfur, whether you're getting yep. diacetyl, whether you're getting... Uh, uh, other compounds along those lines, and uh, wow. you know the the level of esters and the the types of alcohols and things like that. So um, and also how it presents the hops, how it presents the malt, uh, and it's not really that uh, the yeast uh, does anything to enhance either of those, but it actually just gets out of the way and lets certain things come out. And I think you know that's important. I th- I thought your comments earlier, Justin, were were right on the money. Oh yeah, that's what you got out of it too. Yeah, I, th- I think my my. My understanding of what they are, or my assumptions as to what is causing those, yeah, 
is, you know, maybe right and maybe wrong. Yeah. But I, I had assumptions that go along with those. So instead of saying, you know, a certain thing, I'll say, well, you know, the hop is coming through as a nice little uh, spicy floral background. And you're going to see, and you're saying, well, you know, there's kind of this uh, floral, perfumey, and spicy thing in there. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, the hops are floral, spicy. Okay. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that. And you've already headed to the answer of why you're kind of smelling that. Right. And I mean, I'm just smelling. You know, it. The, the danger is that you might be wrong. Yeah. But sure. I think it's a pretty safe assumption on this type of beer. Okay. And, uh, you know, so, th- but I, I've always thought your ability to detect things was good. I think some of your assumptions may not be exactly correct sometimes. Sure. But that comes with experience. But I always thought you had a very good ability to uh, detect things. Well, thank you. I think you're right. I think I do try to assume things because it's part of the job in here to and and but I, it's certainly a lack of education makes me go. I can only take what I know. So if I if like I know diacetyl, I know it. I only know one cause of it. Mm-hmm. So I might go diacetyl. You probably did this, but there's what there's a bunch of causes of diacetyl. Right. So I can only make assumptions on like wh- what mm-hmm. little knowledge I have. So I actually like that about how you can taste things because you can jump ahead and, and maybe have an answer. I also kind of like the uh, innocence factor of uh, I don't I don't have to jump ahead yet. I can just start. I can just smell it. I kind of like that right now. You know, what Doc? I can't be innocent. <laughs> you, you only get that privilege once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about what are you going to move on to from there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So can we go to appearance then? Uh-huh. All right. Um, I almost have some left. Yeah, he's got a little left there. Yeah, I'm going to need some more too, Doc. It's a nice uh, deep yellow. It's darker than straw. It's almost got a slight um, grassy kind of thing to it, but it's... uh, Is my glass dirty or is there just a little bit of cloudiness too? It's a little cloudy and I've got chunks in mine. You got chunks? Yeah, a little little tiny bit of chunks. Yeah, (laughs) it could be the glass. (laughs) Doc filters, it can't be chunky. No, I didn't filter this one. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. Yeah, I I got chunky in there. Yeah. Um, little flex. Uh, but, you know, a beautiful beer. Uh, nice, uh, uh, tiny off-white, uh, tiny, uh, white bubbles. Uh, it's a fairly persistent head. Uh, Are we looking in appearance <coughs> for whether the head sticks to the glass if we're getting lacing? Yeah, you can, you can do the lacing thing. Um, you know, I don't think it's that critical. Okay. I think, uh, you know, it appearance nice, is, is what it, it is. Yeah, uh, it certainly is for saleability. Yeah. You, that yeah. lacing is really valuable. This one, like a beer. this one will lace, but it's a very short-lived lace. It doesn't actually stick. It's been sitting there a long time. It's yeah, it's been out like forty-five minutes now. Is that the only thing that? But I mean, even <laughs> if I go around it right now to get more lace on the glass, it doesn't stay up there. It falls right down. Yeah, but That's you know what, what happens? Uh, you know, in foam production, yeah. uh, once it's formed, uh, that part of the foam production is dead. Okay. So if you if you foam 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 a beer, uh, it, it won't form a head later on. Okay. So it's it's like a one-time shot. Believe no it more not. head for you. One-time <coughs> shot. That sucks. No, no head is is. Uh, Actually, it doesn't. But uh, okay. yeah, it's a it's a pretty beer. Okay, so uh, it looks good. Uh, looking like the style. We uh, we all know that um, in general we like to see clear beers as commercial beer buyers. Although in homebrew we don't necessarily care. And sometimes if it's like. Um, I don't know, some sort of an English ale or an IPA. Sometimes then we like to see it cloudy. But in our Pilsners like this, yeah, it needs to be pretty we want to see it clear. Right. So I, I think they taste better clear, too. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, because you're getting a lot of them. The, the what's going to make it cloudy is things like yeast that you don't want to taste. And I don't know the answer to that for sure. Okay, I've made some assumptions in my career. Yeah, um, but I do notice that when I get a tank that doesn't clarify, it never tastes as good as a tank that does. Okay, and it could be that's specific to my brewery. Sure. So this one's you know it's clear, but it's not brilliantly clear. So I would knock it a point for that. Okay. All right. So if we were judging. <laughs> Then you would knock it a point. And yeah, by the aroma, way, I would have given it uh, probably seven or eight or nine, seven, eight, eight. Out of eight, what is it, eight, ten on the aroma? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Three, because of the DMS, points. is that why you wouldn't have gone higher? Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd be in the nine range. Okay. And by the way, whether we're actually scoring a beer or not, is a BJCP judge sheet a good thing to have on the table when we're tasting beers? Yeah, it's a great guide because it, it gives you the kind of things to kind of key in on and look for, and it gives you some yeah. descriptors. And, and uh, like you said, it goes through the progression too, yeah, right? Exactly. Where, where can you get that? Uh, BJCP.org. And you can just download it for yeah. free. Okay. They have, and they have a lot of good information Print there about uh, mm-hmm. styles and everything. I'm going to tell you, we're going to do some listener tasting. In fact, we're probably going to get to a break here soon. We're going to actually taste this beer first. Uh, one of our listeners sent in a, a, a fantastic uh, sample. <laughs> we haven't tasted it yet. The reason I say it's fantastic is he labeled all the beers like he's supposed to, so we know what we're <laughs> drinking. He also really re- genuinely wants some good feedback from us. He sent it in with a BJCP score sheet. He attached right. it in the envelope so that we can fill that out for him. And that's a great thing to do. If you really want the best feedback, we'll take a couple minutes you know, after, after the show or even during, whenever we can do, and, and, and write things on it, that. It would be beneficial for me if we did it during. I'd love to. Okay. We'll, do, we'll, we'll taste that when we come back. All right. Let's t- now we've, we've done the appearance. Uh, when do we get to drink this beer? Is, would that be now? Yeah. Well, and... and <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> and then the thing on appearance is I can nail that in, in just a moment. So I go yeah. aroma for, for a while, and then I... Take a quick glance at the appearance, and I and then I take a taste. And then while I'm working on the taste, I'll take another look at the appearance. Okay. I don't want to waste too much time on the flavor and aroma, or on the. I want to do the flavor and aroma and be working those while they're still fresh and they're not uh, changing over yeah. heat or you know from the pour, and you know work the the appearance at the same time because it's you know you need to multitask. Yeah. Okay. So my mind is clear. I'm ready to taste this beer. My, your mind is empty. Am I just? Yes. <laughs> I know it's odd, hard to believe. Uh, am I just throwing this beer back? How long am I keeping it in my mouth when I'm doing a taste? What am I going to do to really get the most of this? Everybody's different, and it depends on your physiology and uh, you know your the, just the way you like to do it. Now, I like to pull some in, and uh, you know, kind of the pulling action will help roll it across your your tongue and through your mouth, and kind of work it in there. And you need to. Uh, you need to swallow. I don't, I, I, and I'll do several swallows. And you know, sometimes it's it's working a little more. It depends on what you're trying to get out of it. If you can uh, warm it up with your tongue, you'll get more aromatics out of it. Yeah. The other thing is, once you've swallowed, if you pull a little air across your tongue, just inhale right. slightly. Yeah. Um, it's going to the, your tongue is heating up uh, what's left in your tongue, and that's going to volatilize, and you're going to get that through your sinuses, in through the mouth, out through the nose. Yeah. And you're you're pulling it in and, and cycling it out, and you'll be able to pick up some things that you wouldn't pick up normally just through. Uh, okay. Just through swallowing and tasting. And While I've got it in my mouth, do I have do I have to slosh it around, or I'm just letting it kind of pour over? You know, in, in, like in the cartoons, you see those guys. Like it, you don't slosh things around when you're tasting it, do you? I think I think somebody needs to isolate you saying when I have it in my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say what are you, yeah. you have to swallow. I slosh. Yeah. Hey, if we're going to do that, we could isolate you saying you have to swallow, like Doc said. Right. You, am I sloshing like I do mouthwash? 
Um, no. No. Uh, you can a little bit, but I wouldn't go, you know, wild sloshing and gurgling. Okay. Um, be be consistent, can. and you will learn your own method. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I read a little this thing that said, good. try to resist the urge to swallow right away. You want to keep it in your mouth a little bit. Right. And I'm going to be honest here. I have a very strong urge to drink this beer. Like, whatever the beer is, it's hard to keep it in the mouth there. I want to drink it. You know, what's interesting is I also like to, you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to sample too much. But yeah. I like to take just a regular drink, like, I'm, you know, a, a little bit in and swallow it right yeah. away, just like I normally would drink a beer. Sure. And it's part of that thing we we're talking about of, of the the full experience later That's on. That's what I yep. do with my first drink. I'll just drink it like a beer, and I watch everybody else swishing it around. And that I I want my first impression if I was just sitting down yeah. and drinking the beer, and it puts something in my mind what I'm going to do. And then the next one is the one I slosh around a little bit. I uh, see here. I always thought you were just going for getting hammered, but That's uh, true. you're just it's taking just the covering. Uh, yeah. I, I'm see, judging, man, and it's scientific. I like that that idea because. <laughs> You don't want to separate your. The reason you're trying to figure out if this beer is good is because you want to drink it. And when you normally drink, you just take a drink. So I like that. That's part of your process. Let's okay. How am I going to drink this if I were just having a drink? And that's to throw it back and swallow. You know. And for me, that's the most important criterion because yeah. throw I'm, it back I'm, and swallow. I'm brewing beers for my customers. All right, I'm going to throw it back, and then I'm going to and I'm going to leave it in on the next one. <laughs> leave it in on the next one. Shut leave it. it in. Take it out. That's right. what it's all about. Now I'll do the. Now I'll leave it around a bit. Now the aromas are fairly simple. The flavors get a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? It tastes a lot different leaving it around than it did yeah. throwing it back. Mm-hmm. It's really very different. When I first just threw it back, I got a lot more bitterness actually than I did when I left it around. When I threw it back, and I think you don't really get a lot of bitterness until you swallow a beer, right? Isn't that part of the thing? Like that's why that's why we swallow beer and we spit out wine because right. you need to get to the right. that bitterness at the back of your no, tongue. No, we spit out wine because it's nasty. <laughs> that's not why you spit out wine. <laughs> beer, gotcha. beer has some complexities that you need to be able. You need to swallow because that's that's yeah. really part of the the flavors that that you're going to get. Yeah, I got more of the hop bitterness if when I just drank it quickly. And I got more of the malt sweetness when I left it around. Mm-hmm. And temperature will change that balance right. as well. Okay. And you can also, you know, catch a pocket in your mouth sure. and then, you know, squeeze it with your tongue as well. Sometimes mm. you need that, to try that it changes things. Too. Let's get some more on you. Yeah, temperature is huge in evaluating beer. Huge. Oh, it's, you know, a few degrees makes it a different beer. Yeah, you really need to be uh, aware of what temperature you're doing things. Let's try right. that cold. It's probably a little too cold, but. Before I do that, so far, I kind of want to say it tastes like it smells. I know that sounds like redundant, but it's not. Sometimes a beer smells very different than what it tastes like. Right. But no, this, that's true. This that's one, I true. think, tastes like it smells. Yes. It has the same sort of yes. corn and the little sweetness as yeah, I'm smelling. Not, not as much corn in the in the flavor, I think. Uh, a little more of the Pilsner malt and... Um, yeah, the thing I like about it is it's it's fairly dry. You can tell that rice dries it out and uh, makes it very crisp. And there's a you know substantial hop flavor again. It's got that slightly floral and, and slightly spicy, nice uh, mix of, yeah. of hop flavor there. And then uh, the Pilsner malts coming through. It's a very clean ferment. There's a, a bit of sweetness left over from the malt. 
Um, but again, you know, d- d- dry and, and crisp, but yeah. you, know, you get a little bit of a sweet flavor to it. Totally different beer cold, you're right. It is a totally different I just, beer Now cold. I've got an ice, gla- ice cold glass here. Yeah, when totally if you warm different. it up, you'll get more, you know, of, of a bunch of different things. Yeah. It totally changes it. So. I think it's, I get more dryness and more crispness now that it's ice cold. cold. Yeah. yeah. Even with it just regular, you know, lager temperature, yeah. it's, uh, it was less dry on the warmer glass. Yeah. And do you go? And you get more CO two now too. Okay. Do you go through a list in your head of of what order you want to want to experience all those things? Um. Y- you know, no. I just uh, I maybe I did initially, but, but now the list is short enough now that now it stays in your head. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just I, you know, I probably do it the same way each time, but uh, I don't. Uh, or you know, I, I I tend to try and uh, the other thing I try and do when I first taste a beer is I try and pick out the very first thing, the very first flavor that came across. Same thing on the aroma. I want to know what was first, and I want to know what was last. And then I, I, I try and do them in order. Yeah. And I try and, and and what I'm trying to do is list the intensity of this was most intense, next, 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 and all the way down to the final little tiny things. Yeah. And, and the hope is that the brewer is going to get some information from that and go, okay, that's prominent, that's really solid. It's like looking on the list of ingredients on the back of a package of food, and it's you find out salt is the number one ingredient, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. uh, caffeine was the last. And you go, okay, so it's not a lot of caffeine, but it's a ton of salt. Right. So that, you know, that gives you some idea. I really like that method, uh, of having the first and the last and then you can start to fill in the body right. after that because, uh, in fact, even uh, Colin tasted my disastrous pale ale earlier too and, uh, it was easy for me to go, uh, okay, up front I taste this and now that I'm done drinking it I have this terrible aftertaste in mm-hmm. my mouth and I could describe what that was and I like to have those two starting right. points and then go back and... And then there's, there's the, the, the balance and the finish. Okay, so in the balance, you want to identify, you know, how uh, the beer is balanced. Is it is it sweet? Is it balanced towards the sweet? Is it balanced towards the uh, the the dry? Is it balanced yeah. towards the bitter? Is it da- balanced towards the and this uh, is where the, style the multi becomes or, really important, right? And, and sometimes they can be perfectly evenly balanced. Uh, this one is balanced a bit towards the bitter. This one that we're drinking yeah, here, it's bitter and and a bit dry, mm-hmm. but there's a, a slight sweetness in the finish. Which means it gives it balance, right? Like that's just, what we're talking you know, about. It's just one of the components to it. And, I, you know, it's, for it's, me, it's, the balance yeah. is appropriate to a Pilsner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think this is fantastic. And, and, but that's how I would, you know, when I'm looking for balances, uh, I need to know the style. Right. Because what, what I would expect for balance in an IPA and what I would expect for balance in a Pilsner are going to be completely different. Yeah, I try and just write them all down and then I try and, uh, uh, then later say, okay, now is that to style or not? Yeah. And just, you know, just match it up, you know, as far as points go. Doc, how much of this beer did you bring? Uh, there's a probably, not enough. it's a short corny and it's, it's probably, it was two thirds full, I'd say. So you're, I'm going to leave it here for you. Yeah. Be there won't be much. Left, I could take it. We could drink this all night. I know that's yeah. how big <laughs> we're going to keep doing this. All right. We got to take a break. Hey, buggy. Uh, I'm going to yep. drop the line. But um, if as we keep going through this, if you got questions, don't hesitate to call in. Yeah, yeah. I just have I have one more real quick, if I could. Do it. Uh, there's there's um, there's testing out there that you can do actually that identifies like what kind of taster or what kind of palate that you have. You can be like a non-taster, a regular taster, or a super, super taster. Super taster, yeah. Okay. Right. 
How, how, like, are, are you guys, are, are you a super taster? Me? <laughs> no, I no. That would have been too obvious? Yes. I, I, I tend to be. Uh, I, I don't salt my food. I don't put extra spices on my food. Yeah. I don't need it. Neither do I. So I'm a super taster. But I just, I, just, I don't. I'm not the guy that grabs the hot sauce. But but, but yeah. a lot of the difference is, you know, there there's so many compounds out there, and some people will pick up certain things, and that you know, there's varying intensities, and and, and yeah. people people that I think are just fantastic at this. They'll have blind spots in them, ah. or they'll have uh. giant peaks in different places. Sure. And 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 what needs to happen is you need to learn your peaks and your valleys, and and learn how to adjust. You need to, you know, as a judge, we we talk amongst ourselves all the time. I got a, a dear friend of mine, John Tull, and you know he was always talking about the high uh, diacetyl levels in uh, different beers, and it just, you know, I'm like, I, you know, it's not that high. It's not that high. It's not that high. You know, or it doesn't exist. Or and and recently he told me he goes, you know, I, I finally have, a, have adjusted it. You know, my perception of that. And yeah. he, you know, he smoothed out that one little peak that he had. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, a spectacular palate. He smoothed that out, and you know, it, it's just part of what you need to calibrate. It's part of calibration. And the, spike training is really important for that. And and if you ever get a chance to go through spiked beer tastings. It's absolutely amazing. Okay, it's, it's where what they give you specific spiked flavors. They, they take yeah, they yeah. take the same beer and they add a little bit of a chemical. Okay, and, and the, first they'll add it so it's prominent, and then they'll add it so that you can barely taste it. Yeah, and then they'll add it where you shouldn't be able to taste it at all. Yeah, and you'll find people that can taste it even when they shouldn't be able to, and you'll find people like me that can't taste DMS unless. Somebody beats me over the head with it. I see. Yeah, I can I can taste diacetyl like nobody else can, and there's uh, DMS. It's a little tough for me. I can kind of smell it, but I don't taste it. Yeah, I, I really I, got I, it. if it's real prominent, I'll taste it real yeah. strongly. But if it's real light, I won't. Like this, I can't taste it at all. So you um, got to get to know yourself. I can smell it a little bit, but yeah. I can't taste. it I can't at all. taste it in this. Yeah. I can smell it a little bit, but I can't taste it. Where can people go to find out what kind of a taster they are based on this no taste, great taste, super taste? Where, is there a website or something like a questionnaire you fill out, bug, or what? No, it's tests you have to take. It's a, they uh, actually put ink on your tongue and uh, okay. to, to draw out the a, a certain kind of ink or something, right? To yeah, I see. Show your taste buds and stuff, but. All right, but overall, you got to know what kind of taster you are, and I, Jamil points out you got to know your peaks and valleys. It's like that one time that I lasted longer than five minutes in the sack, and right. it was because I was really what? paying attention to myself at that point. I, I, yeah, you were there. Did you always pay attention? To I think you're, you were at work. I, I think <laughs> yeah, Justin, you're only with yourself. You're by yourself, yeah. You're by yourself, and that's yeah, why I, I didn't say I was. With, I said I was in the sack. I didn't say there was anybody else in the sack because you were paying attention to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buggy, call back if you got any questions. All right, man. Thanks, brother. Bye. Hey, he's the only guy I call brother's actually my brother. Just a unique thing for the show I thought I'd point out. Don't call me unique. <laughs> <laughs> we are here with uh, Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's and Jamil Zanishev and the great Dr. Scott. All helping us learn how to taste beers. When we come back, we're going to do a listener beer and go through this tasting process again, and we'll actually fill out a BJCP score sheet. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. And be and part of being honest and upfront is we will say it as it is. Yes, I think your lunch meat program is is a ripper, mate. Don't don't um 
change that. And if you can fill in some of the dead spots of your brewing network, it's a great program as well. Although three hours to me is a bit long. I've got better things to do in my day and generally do. But, Justin, your co-announcers, mate, they're drier than a dead dingo's donger. They've got about as much personality as a five-day-old dead roo. You need to explain that to these. Yeah, (laughs) I tell you. You know, what life they got's all in the wrong spot. You know, these guys are dead boring. I tell you what, they might be your mates, but get them to get a bit of personality into their lives. Some of them are just daros, I'll tell you, mate. They just sit there and go, uh, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, I think so too. Mm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> dry, dry as a frog's tit in a sandstorm. <laughs> you got it as well. Walk in line, heel 
kill the show. Tell my head back and I touch my nose. Put your hand your hips, follow the pen. I can't hear you, man. Say it again. Put your hand your hips and follow the pen. I fucked your sister in the back of my van. Put your hand your hips and follow the light. Sir, I just want to go home tonight. On the Brewing Network, we are the Brewcasters. We're here with Colin Kaminsky from Downtown Joe's, helping us evaluate beers. And we're going to do a listener tasting this time as we evaluate beers. I think Doc is still having a pee, so he's going to have to uh, wait. Uh, now, I've got sort of a story behind this particular tasting, but I'm thinking that we should evaluate it first. Yes. So that we don't uh, cloud the mind, right? Yes. Uh, although we do know what queer style results, of beer it is. Uh, well, actually, you're the only he one who knows queer. what style, because you just read the bottle, right? Jamil? Um, I sort of did. It said something about IPA. Oh, now you just ruined it, because I was going to say, nobody else knows the style, and oh, we could... Uh, that's okay. We have other listener tastings. Because I'm thinking, I wonder if... Uh, so we know this one's an IPA, but I wonder if some of these other styles that we have we're going to taste here would be better done if we don't even know what style of beer it is. Uh, sure. And just um, start that way. I've done that before. Uh, and then you're really just detecting flavors. You can't really say how to style it is. But okay. uh, we used to play a game where, you know, uh, guess the style. Oh, you okay. get a beer and, you know, guess what it is on, on the style game. That sounds like heaps of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, is Doc's beer now our calibration beer? Are we allowed to drink some of Doc's in between beers? Do you think that would well, help us or no? Yeah, if, well, no, you wouldn't drink it in between, but before you started judging other beers, you would all drink a beer, uh, hopefully that was in the similar category, I see. and then say, okay, what do we all think on this? Is, you know, you'd each come up with an independent score and independent notes, and then you'd compare and say, okay. oh, yeah, we all tasted this. Oh, I tasted this, but nobody else did, and that's why I gave it 10 points less. You'd have to all kind of go back and go, well, is, was that in there, and did we miss it? And this is really 10 points less, or is this guy imagining things, and it ne- he needs to come up 10 points? Until where you're all kind of on the same page, and you say, yeah, okay. So we all agree this is a, you know, Doc's beer was a you know, uh, uh, low to mid-40s beer, easily, in the German Pilsner category. Okay. So it's more to calibrate a group of people. Right. So when you do your judging, you're very similar. Okay. All right. So let me crack this one open. It's from She Devil Browerai, which uh, is uh, Fritz I. He's uh, he's in the forum known as as Fritz I also. If it's an IPA, do we want to drink that one first? Too late. I already opened it. (laughs) 
after we talked about thing doing things in the right order. I actually think another one I have is an IPA anyway, and we might only get through two. So we'll maybe okay. probably just evaluate two IPAs and then go back to Collins, who... Well, we'll try to have an IPA here as well if we want. So we're going all I have another bottle that I haven't opened. I suppose I we could... No, I don't care. I just like this one because this is the one that has the BJCP sheet with it that he wants us to fill out. Let's just go for it. Colin wants us to do that. Let's do it. Why do you, you know such this, a party this, pooper, Jamil? This sheet is great. I've never seen the sheet before, but it really covers some important things. It lays it out, and it lays it out in a pretty concise manner and in order. I like the order that it's in, too. I tell you, a lot of very smart people have worked uh, very hard on generating all the BJCP materials, and um, you know, it's it's a considerable uh, body of work that has gotten to this point. So, um, I would. Uh, I would suggest that you know everybody take a look at that, and it's it's some good stuff. A lot like the Brewing Network archives, a considerable bo- a considerable body of work there of hard work, yes, including the Jamil shows, which Especially are a great the Jamil show. Um, I've gotten a lot of good feedback of clubs that are actually getting ready to do their uh, BJCP testing and become judges. And you, my friend, the Jamil show is a uh, now considered a strong resource in doing that. That's one of the things we thought about when we first came up with the idea for that show, right? Of course we did. Yeah. They don't like to tell everybody that because then it, then they then they think I'm not quite the buffoon that I am if they think that I've actually pre-thought Trust me, if, if that's what they if that's what they're thinking, Justin <laughs> is quite the buffoon you're yeah. thinking he is. <laughs> Whatever oh. ideas may come out. Yeah, you he's know, a very lovable I, buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, Jamil and I and Daniela, we're going to have a week of buffoonery oh, yeah. on our way to the Great American Beer Festival. How excited are you about that, Jamil? I don't know what I've gotten myself <laughs> into. Jamil's <laughs> like, hey, I'm thinking of driving. He didn't invite me or anything, and I go, really? Because Danielle and I would totally go with you. Jamil, <laughs> uh, okay. take bail money. Yeah. yeah. Bail money. And, and, you know, what do you say at that point? I you, told JP about this earlier today, and he just kind of looked at me with a blank expression. He goes, dude, bad move. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be fun, and we're going to reveal in the uh, coming weeks some big plans that we have for the whole trip. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so uh, Aroma First is what we're doing on this beer from Fritz. It is an IPA. Fritz is in the chat room, by the way. And it does not smell like an IPA is the first thing I want to say. I I smell a lot of alcohol. Yeah, it's got some some little hotter alcohol in there, little fusels in the... There's a perfumey hop in there as well, and... And don't worry, Fritz. I'm going to give the story that you sent me uh, as well as we do th- after we do this. Let's go a bit of the solvent smell. And some pineapple. Yep. Some real pineapple uh, in there. Yeah, uh, estuary. Like an amarillo type of pineapple. You thinking? <laughs> See, I only know one hop. I can uh, I can lead to that. And <laughs> you go. ever seen an amarillo pineapple, my, <laughs> my son? <laughs> <laughs> you like to watch gladiator <laughs> movies? <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my amarillo pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Sweet cheeks. It does sound like a totally different thing, doesn't it? All right, Doc. Don't look at me like that. Uh, Shut up. A little bit of a rubbery. Like a condom rubbery or like a tire rubber? Uh, like a, like condom. a gag. Could like be a, condom. a rubber, rubber mouth gag. <laughs> like <laughs> a ball <laughs> gag. <laughs> like a ball gag, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very different from both of the other. Uh, it could be condom. I, I know I'm it could be condom. Totally we haven't been totally the, off, up to the taste. Totally yet. off base here, but if, if you haven't seen the movie Hostel, yeah. <laughs> you gotta see the movie Hostel. Is that right? Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> If you want to know what kind of a sick person I am, yeah, you gotta watch this movie, okay. and you'll you'll probably avoid me on the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love this movie. All right, I'll check it out. 
Okay, I'm done with you. What do you? What else are you guys? Uh, Colin, you want to chime in on what you're smelling over there? A little pine too. Well, I, I, you know, I try to go through the the ingredients in order. So, what do I smell from the malt? What okay. do I smell from the hops? Yeah. I don't really get a lot of aromas from the water in in any beer, so. I kind of ignore that one. What do I smell from the yeast? Yeah, that's um, a great idea. Instead of just saying, what do I smell, you, you can kind of narrow it down. It's easier for me because I know there's only so many things that can get contributed to. Yeah. Um, okay. So and part I, and I would say that what strikes me about this is that uh, it, it's a perfumey aroma in an alcoholic kind of way. Okay. You know, so it's, it's a blend of, of some floral hop. And, and like they said, higher alcohols. Okay. And it's, it comes off like perfume as opposed to yeah. coming off delicate. Okay. What is it specifically that makes us say, wow, I can smell the alcohol? Because I can tell you I smell that, the, but I might not. The be. alcohol. <laughs> but it, what, does so it burn? It, is it, it? It's a sweet kind of smell. And the higher alcohols are going to be a sweet, solventy kind of smell. It can be bitter, too. Yeah. Really? Uh, you get enough alcohol in there, it can be bitter. Okay. Right. Certain kinds of alcohol can be extremely bitter. You can get an alcohol bitterness, especially in the flavor. Yeah, which is which is quite unusual, and uh, that's one of the things I learned from Sapsis was you can actually have an alcohol bitterness. And is that a fermentation temperature issue? Yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, it's generally all fermentation based, but it's um, you know, it it takes a certain level of alcohol in order to get to that bitterness as well. It is, so it has to be warm and, yeah, and high and, in alcohol. And, right, right. For yeah. me, when I when it's a normal aroma, I'm I'm getting the aroma in in my nose, and 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 it's different areas of my sinuses. With alcohol, it's very deep, it, it like almost like I'm actually I can mm-hmm. actually feel it in my lungs, mm-hmm. and that's kind of my first indication that it's high alcohol. That other aromas I can't feel in my lungs, that's but like if I'm when, inhaling this, back when you were huffing glue, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, same thing. very similar, very similar. You're right. absolutely right. Uh, alcohol is like a very week. very small molecule. Okay. So it, it will get into other places. But a lot of these aroma molecules are very big, complex molecules. Okay. So you're going to get it <coughs> deeper and it okay. penetrates a little bit more. Interesting right. point. So I, Appearance? I, cloudy and opaque almost. Yeah. With cloudiness. Which can be, uh, certainly for a homebrew, it's okay. For an IPA, it's okay too. Yeah. Although it could go the other way. Also. It could be from a lot of the um, hop oils in there. Yeah. I, yeah, I, li- I like stuff. the color, but yeah, it's it's too cloudy for me. Okay. But uh, yeah, for, uh, uh, nice. I I imagine, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. I'm going to say he really pushed the late hops in this bad boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where all this uh, haziness is coming from. And it's got a fairly soft bitterness to it. I haven't tasted it yet. Deep red, though. I, I really do. It's a definitely an IPA color, right? Fits yeah. right in the yeah. style. Looks, right. looks just a little too hazy. Okay. So, that's, so that's flavor fun. balance, I would say, yeah, it's it doesn't have enough bitterness to support all yeah. the the flavors that I'm uh, smelling. And yeah. the, some of the sweetness that's that's there in the malt. Well, you know, for me, an IPA, and my and my intentions with my IPA is a little different than the style. I like to have some residual sugars, but I want to also have a bitterness that 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 blends with it. I want huh. so that gives me an intensity. I thought you like things really, really dry. Not my IPA. I right, do like beers really dry. dry. I know. <laughs> about that. Especially like a brown ale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But on the IPA, yeah, you, you need to have that sweetness to balance that bitterness in there. And I, you, you know, it can make it a magic experience. I, I think you want a lot of both if you're lucky. Right. You know, but, Pliny the Elder is a great example right. of that. But again, not too sweet that it becomes cloying or it seems sugary. But just enough malt sweetness that it kind of it carries that bitterness and the two are not uh, uh, totally out of whack with each other. I feel like this I, one's I a little sugary. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little sugary and I'm getting bitter 
and I'm not getting anything in between. Yeah. I'm, I'm not getting into the flavor hops or enough of the, that middle ground. There's yeah. some flavor hops in there, but, uh, you know, that, not like you'd expect from an IPA. Exactly. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, you know, the, the, the bitterness to be there. And then I've got some aroma, but I, I don't have the flavor yeah. that lick, I'm looking lick for. Lick your lips. Sugar. Sugar? I get some hops in there. Do you? I get more sugar. Yeah, yeah you know, you scrape your tongue a little bit. Jump up and down. <laughs> Put your pants your nipples. on. <laughs> Hold on to this roll of duct tape. Yeah, I don't know. You know what? I feel like there's just a, there's a lot going on in here, so it's hard for me to pinpoint it. Colin, do you do the same thing with the tasting as you do the aroma, where you want to start with one ingredient and kind of go down the list? Uh, absolutely. You do. And, and for me, I start with water first because uh, for me, that's the main focus in the brewery right okay. now. Okay. So what do you get out of water from this one by starting with that? It has some. I get Definitely some water. Yeah. Not much. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, you know, it, 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 maybe it's got some chloride things going in where it's got like that softness. It, it, it's definitely round and soft, like uh, yeah. both alkalinity and chloride. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I don't get that crispness like gypsum um, yeah, adds. Exactly. Maybe uh, it's right. just Plus too round, too soft, and it's sulfur. just, it, it's, yeah, it's not you pulling the crispness out right. of it. Uh, that maybe it's uh, too carbonate. In there. Yeah, right. Too much alkalinity carbonates. Yeah. If it was a breast, it'd be perfect. Because <laughs> nice and round and supple. Yeah. And, and actually, I, I kind of like it this way. I mean, it's, I, I don't know as far as IPA goes if that's ideal, but I kind of like the, uh, you know, it's soft and easy to drink. You could, you could drink quite a bit of this and not, not really have a problem. My, know. my great example of, uh, alkalinity water, uh, is harp. I don't know if you've ever had that. Mm-hmm. But it's a real light beer that normally you'd make the water real crisp, and they didn't. And and so it's a great test case because there's not a lot of other flavors going mm-hmm. on. Okay. Let me read you uh, how it came from, and then we're going to well, do another and, tasting. Uh, and one of the things you, you're skipping on these is the uh, the body, the mouthfeel, okay. which is an important part of it. Also, you know, carbonation plays a huge role in flavor perception, aroma perception, uh, mouthfeel. Uh, you can get that carbonic acid bite. The acid yeah. can can in- accentuate the uh, or you know uh, uh, counter some sweetness. Uh, carbonation is very very important to what a beer tastes like mm-hmm. and uh, how it feels. And so you know you're you're looking for kind of the the texture in your mouth. You're looking for how it kind of dances across the tongue, things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's uh, how I dial in my beers. Yeah. Is with, uh, the last thing I do is with the carbonation. What level I got it? I played with this one. We just tasted a couple of times. Getting it up and down, in the, in yeah, there. I'd say that's perfect. If you get it up too high, yeah, it, it comes across as a sharp bitterness. Yeah, it dries out and it becomes it's hard like, and, and angular. And, and, and for that style, I would have bumped it up just a little bit more. Yeah, just yeah, a touch more. I think you could get away with a little bit more. I like it a little lower. I, I do too. Um, personally, uh, I mean, but for that style, I, I look for a, a CO2 bite right up front. Yeah, yeah. If, if you get it really cold, maybe make it, it a little bites, more German. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what about in this uh, listener beer, the IPA? How's the mouthfeel and the carbonation on this one? Uh, like a like a medium body. I kind of ran out. I think I think the carbonation was a little on the low side. I would say it was low. And yeah. the mouthfeel is pretty good. It's nice, yeah. okay. nice and round. Carbonation's okay for an IPA. I like again. I like a lower carbonation. It's English style still, so it yeah. can be a little oh. lower on the carbonation. I don't think it lacks body at no, all. Not at all. No, it's got a medium mouth uh, body to it, and. Uh, Kind of a nice, uh, nice overall creamy mouthfeel almost. Yeah. Very definitely not too thin, which you get a lot of these I've tasted when I mean, they're just too thin. They yeah. dried them out too much and it's just yeah. crisp. So, so let's, there's no, nothing to back it up. And let's get to that. What is the overall impression? Well, right. impression is it's a nice beer. 
I think um, as far as an IPA goes, it needs a little more, you know, and it's it's nowhere in the realm of an English IPA. If you go and have an English IPA over over in England side by side with a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, yeah, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is going to seem like the most intense hop bitter monster that you've ever had. Right. And the English IPA is going to seem like nothing. Okay. So, you know, English IPA, the way we brew them here, I guess, yeah, whatever. Um, but uh, an Americanized English IPA, perhaps. But uh, it, it, it doesn't have a, a firm enough bitterness for an IPA. Okay. I, and I would say even a 30-minute edition, uh, it needed some more hop flavor as well. Yeah, that's what I was trying to trying to discern yeah. out of that one was it the third nice 30 minute and a little more in that area right there yeah m- more in the first and in the 30 i would say hop wise malt wise i really like the the malt profile and the balance for for an ipa it should be you know relatively subtle get give me some nuttiness now now if the, that letter says haha you've been poisoned you really should read these before <laughs> we drink them yeah. <laughs> that's true although the one that poisoned us uh, they're not going to send the letter so we're all right. <laughs> yeah. they'll call in for that one yeah. <laughs> they'll call in right after we finish so what's, what's the story on this beer the story is i think this is the first beer the guy ever brewed he listened to us for a long time. Dear Brewcasters, after much pressure from my wife and my brother-in-law, I've made the big plunge into homebrewing. We both agreed that after 30 years of drinking and critiquing beer that I needed to make my own. He says, yes, I'm a 46-year-old slacker, always on the prowl for a great new IPA. My wife always stresses that once you understand the process, you will add another dimension and a greater appreciation. What a wife. Wow. For your imbibing, yeah. Good girl. Uh, I actually started listening to your show two months before I even bought my equipment and first recipe kit. So please note that I've been patronizing your sponsors, Five Star, Northern Brewer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, wants a suggestion for an IPA kit from John Plisse. Uh John P. at uh, thebrewingnetwork.com will get you that suggestion. Included, you will find a few samples of my first brew. It's an IPA clone of Bell's. Uh, Bell's Too Hearted Ale, along with its notes and my plans for improvement. And he, so he did send us some notes of, of how he did it. Uh, I know you're asking for people to send a sample, so I thought, what the heck. Okay, so here's his uh, recipe. It is an extract brew. That's what I figured. One ounce of Centennial at 60 minutes, one ounce of Centennial at 20 minutes, two ounces of Centennial at 10 minutes. Says the recipe asked for five, but he uh, improvised. And uh, one ounce of Centennial Dry Hop, too. A lot of hops, I would say, but they're not coming through in the beer so much. A lot, that, of, a lot of late hops. Yeah, I, I would move that 20-minute uh, edition out to 30. Okay. And bump up the first edition by 25%. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go to 30. I think you're going to, I don't know. See, I like uh, hop I, flavor. I, would, I, wanted, yeah. I want I would, hops on my tongue. In well, what I, what I would do... Myself would be to add another hop in there. Yeah, I might switch out that twenty minute with a different type of hop, or I might split it fifty fifty. Because I find that what happens is um, with a lot of the aroma that you take in yeah. when you go to the flavor, uh, a lot of times you the the aroma that you've taken in kind of muddies the flavor. You don't get as much flavor because you've already saturated your your nose with uh, the aroma of the same hop. If you can use a couple of different types of hops sometimes, you'll get, uh, you know, kind of tiered and layered. You can get a, a, a better effect and you get more hop flavor. And, 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 and you know, that that's the other thing is um, I've, I've been harping on this one a lot is 
you know, don't believe the, um, when you go to the homebrew shop, when all of us started out, the homebrew shop told us, you add hops at 60 minutes because that's where you get bittering. You add hops at, uh, you know, 30 to 10 minutes because that's where you get flavor. And you add hops from 10 minutes to zero minutes because that's where you get aroma. Well, that's kind of nonsense because in the 60-minute edition, you get flavor and you get aroma. Yeah. And you get mainly bittering. In the 30-minute to, to, to 10-minutes, you're going to get, uh, you know, flavor, aroma, and a substantial bittering. The majority of your bittering utilization happens in the first 20 minutes. Uh, you're gonna get, uh, you know, 10 minutes, you get bittering, you get aroma, you get flavor, you sure. get all those things from all those hops. It's a continuous spectrum. Yeah. That's and right. sometimes you need to play around, and I think maybe, uh, you know, a, a different hop in there, and also maybe reducing some of that sweetness. Yeah. Would, uh, allow the, the flavor to pop out. So, it's hard to say, you know, Colin uh, may be 100% right and I'm wrong. I might be right. Uh, you know, it's hard to say you, you a, need to try playing around thing. with it. It's yeah. a style thing. It, and there isn't a right and a wrong about exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, uh, and and the other thing I would I would really want to tell this uh, listener is that this is one of the best first beers I've ever had. Yeah, that's very good. And and I think he did a very good job with it. Yeah. And, and you know, he he's talking to people that have brewed hundreds of beers. And, and I don't want to discourage him from brewing again. Cause I think he did a really good job with it. Um, my biggest note about it would be fermentation temperature. Yeah. And, and, but that's hard for all home brewers. Right. That yeah. might, that might be kind of a I didn't more taste, fermented beer. I didn't taste bad in this beer. No, no, I, I we're just trying to, you know, I think, I think pointing we, out we're just steer a little bit better in the right direction. We, we could tell him we hated it. I don't think he's going to stop brewing because he's going to drink it and go, wow, this is pretty good beer. And well, it's oh, pretty who, good beer. Who, who cares? For first beer, it's an awesome beer. Yeah, who cares I whether so whether those guys like it or not? I think it's, he'd keep brewing. It's better than my first beer. So. Yeah, yeah, mine too. There is one interesting part of his process that I think I don't want to know wants to be noted. <laughs> yeah, what do you do the whirlpool? You with? must, you must find out before mm-hmm. we drink the beer. Now, he just removed something from it in the middle because he thought, I don't know why. Okay, started out with steeping grains for 12 minutes. He then added uh, steeped grains in one gallon of water in a separate pot for 12 minutes and then added that to the five-gallon pot, added the malt extract. He then removed three quarts of wort because he felt that he added too much. Maybe that he added too much. much I guess maybe too much um, extract. He did add nine point three pounds of malt. And then he added water back. I guess it doesn't say. Because it won't change anything unless you add water back. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say whether he added water back or not. He's in the chat room. You can give us a call if you want. Eight 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 four zero one beer. Can uh, is he gone now? He's not. I think he went to sleep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We were that exciting. Yeah, good evaluation. Uh, so yeah, I did that weird thing. That's all. Just that he removed. So I don't know whether or not he put you know, more. Um, and, and so the clarity issue, I don't think was hops. I think it was microbiology. Yeah. No, I think it was hops. Do you really? Yeah. With the ounce of dry hop is what he did. I have to convert all that oh, yeah. to two hundred and seventeen no, gallons. So. Yeah. No, I think that plus all the late hops and uh, uh, probably less than a vigorous boil. Maybe you know as, as vigorous as it could be. Uh, might uh, have impacted that a little bit. Started at is, is Vigros a beer network word that yes. I'm not familiar with? Uh, Daniela, <laughs> it's a German word. It's <laughs> vigorously, but she didn't it's quite vigorously. get it. It's vigorously. Started at 1064, finished out at 1021. Yeah. So. Uh, normally I like to see uh, uh, about a 75% apparent attenuation. Depends on the yeast. What did he use? California ale? No, uh, Y yeast smack pack is all he says, but he doesn't say what kind. Ten fifty six, maybe. Yeah, 
Uh, here but we go. But then I would expect even more. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, my, my home, my <laughs> home yeast. Yeah. Which actually isn't in the brewery anymore. Used the Irish ale yeast to do it. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, sounds about right. He's a creative so dude. I, I was getting anywhere from 72 to 75% apparent attenuation from that yeast. Um, and I've got logs that go back 1,400 brews with that yeast. So you're, uh, what yeast are you using now? Ah, English ale. Oh, you switched. I switched. You made the, the leap. It was a very difficult wow. switch. Yeah, I can it, imagine. It That's tough. A, it was a very difficult switch. Um, oh. It took about 30 brews to get comfortable with yeah. it. Wow. I didn't think you'd make a switch. Well, I, I resisted it for a long time and then, uh, you know, had a long chat with Chris White about it um, yeah. up in Yakima and uh, a couple other brewers that were having good success with it. And I love the beers from EJ Fair. Yeah. They've had really good success with it. So yeah, yeah. I figured, okay, I'm going to give it a try, but I'm only going to try it for, you know, five or six recipes. Uh-huh. And, and so I ran it for a little while and then it's like, well, other than the flocculation characteristics, I really like what's happening with this yeast. It clarifies well. Um, I like the little touch of butter it leaves behind. Uh, flocks like a like a crazy man. Yeah, it turns into jello in the yeah. bottom of a conical. It's like and, and when you've got yeah. 200 gallons of beer sitting above 10 gallons of jello, it's not yeah. all that easy to get yeah. it separated. Okay. Well, and I bet you your beers are ending up a little sweeter. And they are. They're finishing a little sweeter. Yeah. Um, and I didn't adjust my mash temp to uh, to deal with that, right, so I just right. left let the beers finish a little sweeter. Well, I always thought your beers were a little too dry, but you liked them. <laughs> dry. I'm a I'm a dry person. I like dry yeah. wines. I like right, but you're okay with that. I I am. I've gotten yeah. used to it, and it's yeah. become the new calibration standard. You know. Yeah. Cool. All right, I don't mean to break up your family reunion over yeah, there. Yeah, we're just having fun. It's, it's cool <laughs> to talk to Colin. I haven't seen him in a while. And, you know. Jamil's got to get out of here in 15 minutes, so we need to do another tasting and make sure that we get through it. Uh, well, um, can we please do my IPA? Let's do yours. Let's do that, and we'll do it. Uh, we'll do uh, with Doc our listener tasting that uh, just got sent in this week. The next time, okay? Yeah, on the next show. Let's do. So we're going to do Colin's IPA, and uh, Jamil's only going to have a small sample, and then nothing but water. While we're waiting, the sniff pots question is a real question. Sniff pot. Do what about flavor sniff pots? Was the question? Do you guys know that? Do you know what this person's talking about? Uh, the, the, are those the little glass yeah, uh, vials? I think so. Ah. That's a good way to learn what things smell like uh, and put a name to them. Uh, the, the little uh, ones that have all the yeah, little, they're a little bit intense. Yeah. So it, and also, you know, the things change so much when they're mixed in with other things. You know, it, you, you get those flavors, and then if they're in. Um, in with the malt or in with the, you know, the alcohol, in with the hops, in with, you know, and then it's all, it's totally different. And you're yeah. thinking, oh, well, you know, that doesn't exist in there. You might smell something and then say, well, I don't see how they can say that's in this beer because I don't smell that. And you might you know, take a grapefruit out of the refrigerator, cut it open and smell it. Go, I, you know, how the hell do these judges say there's grapefruit in there? But in a beer, it might be slightly different, but it's, you know, identified as grapefruit, but. Yeah, so things change. Mm-hmm. Another question that had come through earlier while we're getting this tasting set up is, uh, do you try a bunch of beers at the same time or one at a time? They, they want to know. And I guess maybe he's judging, me, to judging them individually styles, or, you know. well, when you're, when you're doing a judging and you're doing, uh, score sheets, you have to do them one at a time because otherwise the, the beers would sit out way too long doing the score sheets. So and what about when we remember everything? What about though when we go to the Bevmo and we want to pick seven different beers because we've not tried them before and they're all different beers? Right. Can we taste them properly all in one sitting, or do we have to choose one a day? Or you well, know? no. Um, 
for example, like best of show yeah. at a competition is done, they pour out all the beers at once. Okay. And what the judges go through, or what I like to do, especially if you want to compare a couple of beers, yeah. if you want to compare like uh, two batches of IPA you made, or you know three different I- commercial IPAs or something like that, what I like to do is pour them all at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, same way, same level, same cups. Same cups are very important. Same temperature, very important. Okay. And then do the aroma check on each of them. And see what the aroma's like. Don't taste any of them. Check the aroma on each of them. Yeah. You know, check the, the color on each of them. And then check the flavor on each of them. And then, you know, the body and all that and go back to the aroma. And, you know, you'll do them side by side and, uh, you can start to see the differences between things that way. And so side by side tasting is very, very useful, especially if you're trying to compare different things or if you have something you know and you want to see how something else stacks up against it. So you could do different styles that way. You can do uh, different things if you're trying to see what what's the best beer. Okay. All right. So what we have now in front of us is uh, Collins uh, IPA. It's just your just a standard IPA. Yeah, we call it Tantric IPA. And um, before uh, we start, I want to preface this with I brew this beer to please myself. Okay. And uh, it's the only beer in house. That I, I don't just take customer feedback from. It's, if I like it, then that's what goes in the beer. So, you don't please so, yourself so while <laughs> brewing. <laughs> yeah. right. Colin, Colin pleased himself with this beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's right. that uh, creamy finish that you get out of that, Jamil. Alright, so we'll start with the aroma like we did all the other ones. Now that smells like an IPA. So I like that right off the bat. Now I'm getting what I kind of expect to get out of there. Sometimes one of the things you can do is cover the top of the glass while you swirl it and warm it up and drive off some of the aroma. And, uh, you know, you'll trap it in there and then you can whip your nose under there and catch a, a, a more concentrated aroma if you're trying to detect something specific. Very similar to the old Dutch oven. <laughs> <laughs> Same principle, but with your beer tasting. Ooh, yeah, that's a good trick. Yeah, that really does really. Wow. Bring. The Dutch oven is a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good trick, and then so I can see why you're with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that actually that was a completely yeah. different uh, aroma That's when a I did very that. Very good trick. I shouldn't say completely different. It was just much more pronounced. You know, could really pick pick up more of it. I'm getting a lot of sweetness and hops at the same time. So it's almost as if the aroma is is balanced. Just kind of odd, I think. What hops is that? Sorry. This is a blend of six different hops. Oh, really? And um, there's five different hop additions. So um, there's Horizon, Columbus, um, Cascade, Tetning, um, Simcoe. What were you bored or something? <laughs> um, you know, I like to like Jamil says uh, blending hops gives you things, yeah. and it also gives you uh, resistance against seasonal variation. Okay. Um, so if next year the Columbus doesn't taste quite the same, yeah, my beer will can recover from it. Sure, it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. All right, was, uh, that hop that I was trying to get—it was the Columbus that I was smelling in there, and then the grapefruit coming through. Yeah, 
Morgan's going to kill me, but this is better than his IPA. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to remind him of that. He owes me a keg of IPA. Let's go. Uh, before we do that tasting, though, let's do the uh, the appearance. Now, this one is definitely cloudier than any of your beers I've seen. It's hazy, oh. but with all those hops, yeah, um, it's it's to be expected. Yeah, you can't get away because you don't Big filter, so you can't I, get away. Well, and, and this is you know heavily dry hopped. I dry hop at 55 degrees for 10 days, Yeah, and that's... Uh, Something that, after long conversations with Vinny at Russian River, um, decided was going to be appropriate for me. Okay. And um, so if there's a lot of contact with the hops and warm contact with the hops. Um, so that that gives us a lot of the hop aromas, uh, Simcoe and Columbus, that are dry hopped in there. Um, and if you divide uh, uh, three pounds by, by 40, that'll give you an idea of what a homebrewer would use. Okay. Um, to to get this level of aroma. Um, but I really do find that the warm contact and the long contact time is really important. You know, I think uh, there's a slightly odd thing in the aroma there, and I think it's the Simcoe. Yeah, it's almost but a sour kind of... Yeah, some, something just uh, a slightly... I get three things in this aroma, and I get the Simcoe, I get the... the uh, Columbus is in there. Yeah, the Columbus uh, fruity, grapefruity kind mm-hmm, of things, mm-hmm. um, and the 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 piney kind of things from the Columbus. But I also get the skunkiness from the Simcoe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but now I'm mm-hmm. curious if you pick it up. I I'm it's been battling with this. If I get any uh, DMSO kind of flavors like uh, a tallicized yeast, I was gonna say you know it's a slightly it, it's an odd combination of like a I, I want to say sulfur, but I want to say. It's a sour, pungent kind of almost, almost skunky. But it's it's like you know the Simcoe, but it's Simcoe has a slightly odd aroma, I think, in a way. It does have a very odd yeah. aroma. It's, it smells like skunk weed. Yeah, it really. And I, and I think that's it. Uh, but other than that, I think it's um, if that that. I, I, what's the in order to make this a, a bit more radio friendly? What's the difference between that uh, one scent that you're p- trying to pick out, Jamil, and the rest of the hop scent? What Describe the two. What's the rest of the hop that you're getting compared to the one you're talking about? The rest of the hop is hoppy, just plain yeah, green <laughs> hoppy. It's um like a, it's a grapefruit. It's a little piney. It's a little um, citrusy, uh, you know. And I, and I hate it when people say just citrus. It's like okay, is it a grapefruit? Is it an orange? Is it yeah. a, you know what what kind of you know citrus fruit are you talking about? But this is mystery citrus. Yeah, well, they're, you know, they're, yeah, they're, but it's a mix of citruses that um, are very nice. And you know, if I'm just going and drinking it, I don't care what kind of citrus it is. Do I like it? And and I think that's one of the things that we need to to touch on is um, you know, that overall uh, drinkability. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I really firmly believe in, if you are evaluating a beer, and you do not at some point just take a drink and ask yourself. Do I like this beer? Would I go and spend a bunch of money and, and drink pint after pint each night drinking this? And the answer doesn't have to be an absolute yes or no. It has to be, you know, yeah, you know, in the right mood, I would drink this beer all the time. Um, it's like, no, it's you know, there's other beers I like better. Or, you know, you have to get, like, the whole experience. And if, sure. you're, if you're not asking yourself that question, you're missing the whole point of, uh, you know, evaluating beer, drinking beer. Yeah. It's not about... And, and selling beer. Yeah, and, and, and it's not the... You know, the evaluation isn't the individual things to pick up. You, you need to identify the individual little things. Yeah. Because later on when you're trying to recreate the beer, you're trying to change the beer, 
some of those things will help you identify how to make a move one way or another. But it all comes down to how drinkable is this and, you know, how much would you drink? Would you really love this beer? And, and you, you can tell there's something I'm really passionate about. If you're, if, if you're a judge and you're judging beers, you must ask yourself that question. It's a mm. critical question. Even if you, and you have to put aside, you know, whether you like the style or not, you know, that's another thing. Yeah. Charlie Papazian takes that even a step further. He, he's even a bit more esoteric about it. A lot of times when he talks about tasting beer and the expe- the overall experience that a beer gives you, a lot of his writings talk about where does the beer take you, and do you, does it bring up fond memories? Do you, does it does it remind you of your friends? Does, does it give it, you wood? Does it give you wood? <laughs> I know it, Charlie's big on that. Is it similar to uh, what you thought at the time was the best beer you've ever tasted, or the worst? And really gets uh, a, a bit more uh, ideological about the experience too. And, and where does it take you? What does it remind you of? And well, I think that's important. One of the things we like to do is the second beer test, and you drink a beer really fast, and you put the second beer in front of the taster. Ah, uh, yeah. And then it's like, okay, you know, and if they just grab onto it and they latch it down and they drink a half a pint, yeah. then, you know, we know that's a drinkable beer. Sure. This is why I don't come by that often. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I get okay. to walk home from work, so. <laughs> I, I do want to go back because uh, I, I want our listeners to take away how to uh, kind of describe the different tastes. So the hops we can taste because we know what hops smell like as brewers. We, so we can say, I'm getting this citrus from the hop, I'm getting that. So you've got that in this beer and you can pick those things out. What is the other one how, that's different that you're asking uh, Colin about? And, and how do we... How do we? Because I, I do, I can smell it. I can yeah. taste it too. Op, op, open a, open a bag of hops. Stick your nose in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then smell the beer, and then what you don't, what you don't, didn't smell in the hops, and you smell in the beer is the thing. It's the <laughs> okay. So, so even if you can't put your finger on it, right? I'm having yeah. a little trouble, but again, a little sulfury, a little kind of odd, yeah. skunky, sour kind of. But it's a, yeah. It's almost. It, it, I, I'm envisioning in my mind it's a marble down. In the beer, it's it's yeah. sitting there, and and I I have to pull it out from the bottom. You're on mushrooms. You know, it's, it's it's like it, it's laying down there, and 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 the more you know, I'm trying to inhale it up to 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 toss it around in my mouth and see what it is. Yeah, and I'm having some trouble with it, and I yeah. I spent quite a bit of time before before Thinking, I tasted yeah. this working it and sniffing my arm and shaking it and, and that's why I capped it yeah. and uh, shook it up to see if I could in- intensify that that thing but it it kind of sits there behind the other hops and it's and and again I think it's Simcoe related cuz Simcoe's a little bit odd in in its aroma but, and the reason why I added Simcoe to begin with cuz this recipe didn't contain Simcoe until about 9 months ago and that was to get an earthy quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that, that earthy grassy yeah, yeah, yeah. quality um that that I think I think smells like like uh uh something growing right it makes it the hops smell fresher i mean this and that's why you know stick your nose in a bag of hops Fresh hops, okay, and this has got a fresh hop aroma. Yeah. So there's hop aromas, there's cooked hop aromas, there are other hop aromas, but this has a nice fresh hop aroma. Yeah, not not like a wet hop aroma, but a fresh hop aroma. It's it's very much like a, a nice bag of hops. Okay, I'll tell you what I take away from that description, Jamil, is a way to if we we do identify something in a beer 
but we can't put our finger on it, is to try different ways to isolate that, which mm-hmm. is why you gave us the hand over the beer to get more of the volatiles in there and so we could smell more. Right. Warming uh, the beer helps. Warming the beer a little bit. So di- so if you do, because I, I could taste a little something too, mm-hmm. but it was so out of anything that I could talk about, I didn't even bother bringing it up because I didn't know what to say. Like I would have said, well, there's something there, Colin. <laughs> that would have stopped right there. When in doubt, use your hand. <laughs> That's right. And I live by that philosophy. But I like that idea because I'll tell you, it happens often, and especially what we were talking about being a new taster, that there's something in a beer that you can't pick out. So those are some good methods of trying to accentuate what it is you can't pick out to focus on it, and it might give you a better perspective, you know. Good idea. It, you know, and, and I, I think one of the things that's that's very subtly under this beer is a, an aroma of autolysis, and and but that's part of the process. And, and if you want to try to get beer in contact with hops while it's warm, you have to get the yeast separated from yeah. it, and that's a big push in in yeah. the IPA production. How about the body of this one? What are you guys thinking about that? I think the mouthfeel. It, it it's got a nice uh, medium body, but uh, you know, it really once you've Tumbled it in your mouth and you swallow it, even just in regular drinking, it it clears quickly. There's no cloying uh, no, say, residue. It's, it's it's it doesn't lay in your tongue at all. It just rolls right down and you want another drink. Gone. Of it. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for another sip the moment I, I finished it. I do smell it's 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 a smell that it's not a pleasant one. Uh, it's not in the taste of the beer at all, but I, it's it's a. And I, I think it's autolysis is what you're what you're getting at because it would I, be my guess. That's what I and it's something there, and it, that's the first thing that hits me. And then then you know all the other hop rums that come in, the Columbus kind of comes in, but, but uh, it's it's this. Uh, usually, when when you get that, when you you get autolysis, um, I can't the, describe. The flavor tends to be stronger than the aroma. This I don't get in the flavor at all. It's just the smell that I just well, and, can't describe. And it. that's why I was thinking. In the aroma, it's something different. It is. There's, some, there's something there. Something. I mean, different. you get that that sulfury, rubbery a little bit, but but I don't get it in the flavor. And if it was dead yeast right. and, and blown apart yeast, I I I think you'd get it in the flavor. I, I agree. I usually it, get it in the flavor when I've got it, a problem yeah, with it. So it could be the funky I Simcoe. I don't know, but it's it's something there in yeah, in the nose. That's. But okay. So the next batch, what we'll do is we'll use half the Simcoe and we'll replace it with Columbus, and I'll bring it back. But cool. I don't, there I don't go. know, <laughs> I don't know it's that I would change side. it. Oh well. I, I think this is fabulous. If I think this is probably one of the best beers you've ever brewed. Oh Well wow. thank you very much. I think this is, I think this <laughs> is, is a, this I, is fantastic. I don't like IPAs generally because they're cloying to me. They lay on my tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, they're either, or they're way too bitter that just, I, I take one drink, I can't taste anything else. This makes me want to keep drinking more. You poured mm. me this huge glass, and I didn't <laughs> want a huge glass. And the bad thing is... You've never done that to me. No. <laughs> but I, 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 I find myself just going back for it again and again. And it's like Jamil said, it's one of the best IPAs I've ever tasted. This is this is so drinkable. It is. It is just it, it's, it, and it's got all the flavor. It's got all the aroma. It's got the bitterness of, a, of an IPA. All the good, none of the bad. But, yeah, but you, you just drink this thing. You, you must sell just tons of this. 
Um, sales have increased 45% this year. Wow. Oh, Where, wow. Whereas overall sales have increased 15%. So That's great. it is definitely this my is, fastest moving beer. This is fabulous. I'm going to go ahead That's and beautiful. take the lube out of Colin's hand job here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. And say that I also think it's a fantastic IPA, but I, but that one flavor that's there is that is definitely the flavor I could do without. So I yeah, like the idea yeah. of you possibly uh, experimenting with changing what you think it is. If you think it's the Simcoe, yeah, you might changing a that. Bit. But it might. But may, if that ruins the rest of the but IPA and doesn't let it taste like this, I'd say keep it. But I, if I were yeah. to give my honest opinion, I like the beer. I could do without whatever that flavor is. Well, and again, it, it, you know, flavor, it, it might be the yeast issue that you're talking about. I taste it, may, it, it may be the Simcoe. But again, I, I think you know he's really on to something with adding a bit, a bit of that Simcoe in order to give that. So don't cut know, it all out. That that earthy, that fresh cut uh, type of grass type of thing that that, I might makes, have overdone. It, yeah. that makes it seem so uh, you know nice and fresh like a, an IPA should. Yeah, hey, I on. agree. Go ahead. It should be yeah, fresh like that. Waste two hundred gallons and just check it. Out. <laughs> yeah. What well, the, the nice thing about getting to brew one hundred and five days a year is I yeah. get to do a lot of those experiments. You know, and and. You know, this recipe I'm going to brew seven times in the next, sure. you know, six months. So, well, should you I, happen I don't to make that see, adjustment? I don't even see how you could name this the same as the IPA you, you used to have. Uh, you know, maybe a year or so ago. Um, because the the <laughs> change has been subtle enough that it's slipped yeah, by over my time. customers. You know, they just, oh, that's better. Well, and you already you got know? sign made in the town. Yeah, you get, so. right. Once yeah. you've got the sign made, signs are more expensive <laughs> than beer ingredients. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's great. I mean, yeah. it was good before, but. No, no, I'm impressed. And I'll tell you, the other thing yeah. about this is that Jamil was all bitchy all show long, and now he's glowing. <laughs> he's happy. He's, uh, he's, well, he's really three quarters of a pint IPA. Yeah, he really <laughs> brightened his day with this. Three one. shots of whiskey helped, too. <laughs> yeah, now he's, uh, he's a happy guy. He's ready to do a whole other show. <laughs> I do have to get Jamil out of here, so what I'd like to do is wrap up the, uh, in, in, in a summary way uh, the tasting things that we've talked about here and then take a break. Then we'll come back. We'll play Stump the Brewer and then get out of here. Um, so, uh, we started with, uh, the uh, aroma or the appearance, depending on, on who you are. Jamil likes to go straight to the aroma, and those reasons are because he feels like it, it could actually change by sitting there uh, for too long. So he wants to get right to it, and certain things will go away on his first smell, then say his second smell. Do I have that right, Jamil? Yes. Okay. Colin, on the other hand, will like to, likes to look at a beer, and I kind of like that too, uh, because I, Want to see? Because I'm a germ freak, and I'm afraid I might see something in there, and <laughs> I don't want to drink. So I'm definitely an appearance guy first, and and the aroma second. Uh, of course, before you can we smell it without drinking it. Yeah, I know. I just like to look at. It. You know, I don't know. I like. I, I have to walk away from the faucet and get out of the bartender's way. So that gives me <laughs> yeah. a chance to look at the aroma. Sure. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, I apologize. I skipped. We need to talk about. Uh, first of all, you need to become clear. Your palate clear as you can get it, and your mind clear. So, uh, the arm sniffing trick, while it sounds silly and was a very brief part of our discussion, is an excellent trick. I actually really felt a different uh, difference in my sinuses when I did that, and the reason is because it's a neutral smell that you're used to. So you're, you're kind of cleansing it of all other things. Uh, for example, my dog's gas in right. the room would uh, would, would ruin things. Without I've noticed I have a very pleasant smell. <laughs> Do you, you like can smell mine yeah, because really, yours stinks. Really long arm hairs. It tickles. Uh, <laughs> it also tickles your nose. Jamil quit smelling Doc's arm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get waxed before well, tonight. But <laughs> well, you guys are talking it. about your arm here. I yeah. would like to... Um, Colin, I'm just on your website here, downtownjoes.com, yeah. and I see your beer of the month 
It's called the Tail Wagon Amber Ale. What's up with that? Yeah. Well, that's actually one of our best-selling beers. Mm-hmm. And instead of updating the website, I just threw it up there permanently. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the permanent <laughs> beer of the month. <laughs> the Tail Wagon Amber Ale. And I want to drink it because of the name the of the beer. That's the beer wagon the dog. And, and we, yeah, we've got this great, great image. I don't know if you've seen the Copper Tone ad where the, the dog is pulling down the little girl's skirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got that, only the girl oh, has yeah. grown up. And uh, <laughs> and it's the dog pulling it down to reveal the thong. Oh. <laughs> and we <laughs> use that as, as the logo. The ABC is not real happy with it, and I'm still trying to get label approval. But <laughs> That's one of my fondest memories. In fact, it might be the only fond memory I have of the Los Angeles area where I, where I was growing up for a while. Copper there was, uh, they could have giant copper tone billboard with the dog pulling the pants down. That's funny yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good, good, good theft. Good job, Colin. I like that. Yeah, so check you out the website. See, I can be a beer caster. <laughs> yeah, right. Wasn't that Jody Foster? Oh, is that? that it, I, I thought it was a cartoon. It is, but I think that it was a art, artist artist rendering of it. And I, th- I think it was. Well, no, no, the original's older than that. Could have been. The, the original's yeah. like my mom's Carl age. Than that. Yeah. And by the way, I was her age or something when I was looking at the picture, so I'm not a dirty old man. I was, yes, I was actually that age at these short days. eyes, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you need to cleanse the the aroma. Sniffing the arms a, a good way to do it, and then cleanse the palate. A couple ways we talked about that. Is, obviously, the simplest way is is water. If you've had something abusive to your palate, like uh, hot cigar. peppers, a cigar, uh, even a very strong IPA, quad you might want to just uh, quad espresso. <laughs> you might want to give it some time. You're probably not going to cleanse that uh, because you've deadened some things that need to wake up again, or whatever the They're scientific gone. terms is again. So, uh, but a couple. Of, my brother likes to use uh, sorbet. So if you got any sorbet around, that's a probably a good way it's to a do it. Crosley thing, isn't Bread, it? Uh, I'll yeah. bet you got some sorbet in there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I might. And uh, JP so brought it over. Then we go through uh, to the aroma. A uh, Colin, when evaluating the aroma, I Lunch really like to be sorbet. sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> Now Jamil's just tired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you notice he finished the whole pint. Yeah, oh, that was, that, good yeah. beer. Great. I'm I'm fighting myself. I don't want to finish. It. I got to drive after this. Ah, uh, so. yeah. When we get to the aroma part, I like Colin's idea of of picking it apart and starting with the ingredients. Go ahead and pick your list of ingredients, and and when you're trying to pick out the flavor or the aromas in the beer, rather, uh, say what is what do I get from the yeast? What do I get from the malt? What do I get from the hops? A, a great way to pick it apart and have a base. Uh, I also like Jamil's method where you can, you get your, uh, and this goes with uh, taste, maybe it was just flavor, but I like it with oh, aroma. aroma your, too, yeah. you, you get your first one mm-hmm. and your last one, and you can kind of fill in the blanks in between. I really like the starting points uh, to be able to evaluate it too. Uh, so then we go on, and then we actually do our taste. Uh, Jamil ha- has said, and, and Doc has a, his method, um, Jamil has said you, you should have some drinks where you leave it around in the mouth, and you should have some where you just drink it like you, like you would have beer doc his first drink is like he's just having a beer it's like having his beer. last one it's just like his last one yeah first one's like the last one <laughs> throw it back um i definitely myself noticed a difference in how i tasted the beer whether i just took a drink or whether i left it around and i think you guys were saying that some of that has to do with uh bitterness is it is a different sort of thing and it warms mm-hmm. in your mouth and it war the warming yeah. factor uh, will like contact time a lot of different things yeah so that's a good way to do it uh, you then also uh, when you're evaluating what you have tasted, uh, you want to think about the body, which has a lot to do with carbonation, whether the body is is medium bodied, thick, thin, um, all of these things. And what we didn't talk a lot about, and I'm actually okay that we didn't do this uh, because I think it's a different uh, sort of discussion, whether or not the beer fits to style. Uh, 
And that's more of a judging thing. And it will give you some parameters, I think, to decide uh, right. uh, about the values of that beer that you like. But they don't have to be the parameters at all. We didn't mention a stout hardly at all. We said it's an IPA, but it was very rare, I think, during this discussion, if if at all, that we said this fits to be an IPA. Right. You know, but, sort of you thing. know, it's kind of like, well, you want to... You want to have some some basis to talk to other people about it. Yeah. So if if you're talking about uh, you know beers, and I say yeah, I really like this beer by Downtown Joe's. You know, you ought to go drink it. Yeah. And somebody's talking about beers. You know, they like beers. You know, all of a sudden you you lose some sort of value. If if you can go and say, oh yeah, I really like beer. Oh, do you like IPAs? Yeah. Oh yeah, I like IPAs. Well, you got to go to Downtown Joe's and try this one. Sure. It's just fabulous. Knock your socks off. Yeah. It's it's this that and the other thing. And they're going to go, well, I like IPAs that are a little more, you know, this way or that way, or a little drier, a little sweeter. And so that's the value of styles. It's just in communication. It, you, yeah. you don't have to brew a style. You don't have to do any of that. But it really helps, you know, when I'm talking to Doc and, and he goes, oh, you know, I got this killer Kolsch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I really like the way you make Kolsch. Yeah. You know, I'm mm. not talking about, you know, his coffee stout or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. He, he he does really great with. I may not like it. Yeah. But I really love his cold. Oh, that's a fantastic. Or how many beer people? Or, how many people do you ask that you hear try this beer and they'll ask what kind is it? Or if right. they don't, they just drink it and then they go, eh. But right, uh, if you get a, a basis or you, of, of you, you where you start kind of preps from, preps you a little bit. Yeah, you know, I'll 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 drink anything he brews, but you know, yeah. give me a little forewarning and you know, I'll I'll get in the right mindset. I'll be ready hey, for a dessert uh, beer. Focus. Or, uh, Appreciate it more. Yeah. 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 Focus. Exactly. It's a common language, and and every uh, every ideology, every specific task, every uh, bit of communication needs uh, a common language in order for us to be able to actually talk to each other about the same thing. Uh, if if Jamil doesn't know what caramel is, I can't say that this beer has a caramel flavor. Right. So it's the same thing with the styles. If you don't know what an IPA is, you can't say I've, I've had an IPA style. Uh, Colin uh, is, can probably attest to this. The guy makes guitars as well as uh, you're a holographer. Is that the right word? Holographer. A holographer. Yeah. You can't speak to another holographer about your holograms and how you built them if you didn't have a common language. No, and it's a huge language as yeah, well, as yeah. we found out today in the car. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Exactly. Know, yeah. A doc can sit around in a room full of dentists and probably talk about things that the rest of us, it would sound like it was, uh, well, let's say German, for example. Yeah. And uh, you could yeah. sit in a room full of people and talk about grab ass. And, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, no, everybody, and then we all understand. Yeah. Yeah. Status, yeah, that everyone knows. Uh, so, common language. So styles are excellent for that. You're, you're absolutely right to, to yeah. give us uh, the common ground. Uh, one thing we didn't uh, talk about too much that I think is important, too, uh, the aftertaste of the beer. Uh, is, is I think important because uh, there are things that linger in the aftertaste that you don't get in the foretaste. The um, finish. Yeah, the finish. Yeah. So you definitely want to focus on the finish and see what you get out of that. I think uh, aftertaste has a kind of bad connotation. Yeah. I guess it, it, has, I, a, it has an aftertaste. It's a good point. Yeah. The finish is much finish. nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's part of our new language that we can discuss things together. A kinder, gentler language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what am I missing? Is that it? Is that about no, our... No, the our overall role? impression. Ah, thank you. The most important part is don't be so technical about all these things we're talking about that you forget about your overall impression. Yeah. Because uh, in the end, are you going to buy a six-pack of this beer and enjoy it on the weekend? How is it as a beer? Yeah. Would yeah. I drink another one? Make sure to try the two-pint test. Yeah. yeah. And what's it taste like at the end of the second pint? Absolutely. Because yeah. that is different. You know, I, I've definitely tasted some beer. That, I, that I've picked apart and gone, okay, good, good. And then I went and I bought it, and I, I hardly finished it. 
Well, and don't and don't also uh, fool yourself on your own beers. Yeah, you know it's very easy to fool yourself that you've come up with something great. Yeah. Well, I don't care if those guys don't like it. I I like it because it because I brewed it because it's great. Sure, you know uh, maybe what you want to do is is compare it to a similar style. Say you're brewing an IPA you think is great. Yeah. Go on that IPA that you commercial IPA you really like that got you to brew an IPA. Yeah, why don't you? You know, taste taste them blind side by side. Have somebody else pour them for you, yeah, and taste it, and then see, you know, really where your your beer stacks up. And at, you may you may be surprised. At the you brewery, know, we've gone a little farther than that, and we've taken one person out of each department, and so we have a hostess and a bartender and a waiter, yeah. and we've taken somebody out of each department, made a team of five people. All six of us sit down once a month, and we taste all the commercially available beers with our beer mixed in blind. Okay. And we take tasting notes. And these people are every level of beer education. Yeah. And we taste them. And, and, and that way we get an honest, uh, appraisal of That's what great. does our average customer think of what our beers are like. Great idea. And as brewers, uh, Jamil was talking earlier about uh, a beer that he thought was particularly dry. Uh, when you brew a beer and you're trying something new, let's, let's go something more obvious, for example. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put oak in this beer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna soak oak chips in it. Uh. That's bad for you. <laughs> for me? Yep. Just me. Yeah, you. <laughs> you tend to forget things and yeah. leave them in there too and long. And I'll just leave it in there, right. <laughs> but what I mean is w- when you do something specific to a beer like that and then you taste it later and, you, and you're all excited about the new process you did with, with putting oak to that beer, and you might go, wow, this beer is so oaky. What a great oak flavor. You might give it to somebody <laughs> else who has no idea you put oak in it, and they might not taste oak at all. And this is a very obvious example of a good point that Jamil made, that uh, just because you've changed something in your process, and you're going for a specific thing doesn't mean you nailed it. And we're really good as human beings at fooling ourselves yeah. into uh, what we intended to do and what we actually did. It's like you and your radio stuff. I think I'm such a great <laughs> broadcaster, and that, which is and you why have a very you're just penis. an over-the-top FM. <laughs> yeah, just that, which is actually which is exactly why I don't listen to any of the archives. I never listen to an archive because uh, I think the truth will make me stop putting on the show. <laughs> so don't ever do. I won't ever listen to the archives. Uh, I have a question from the chat room and a caller. I'm trying to get you out of here, Jamil. Push, you want to ask Jamil a question? Actually, this one's for, for Doc, although it's for all of you. What's going on, guys? Hey, guys. Hey, hey, what's bro. up? Um, so first of all, I really want to talk about grab ass. <laughs> and how important uh, it's a question for in, Justin. in the brewing process? <laughs> it's a universal. I know where it fits in your brewing process. Oh. process. All right. No, actually, this is about style and okay. the order of things. Doc, we're sitting down... Uh, Sven just showed up with okay. Mrs. Sven, and Mrs. Push and I are going to sit down and drink three beers, and I want to know what order to drink them in. Okay. Coconut Stout, a Belgian Golden Strong, and a Saison, and I think you know where they came from. Saison first. So, yeah, Saison first. Why? Uh, it's one of the lighter ones. It's delicate. It's got great aromas. Yeah. It's beautiful, delicate that one first. And But it's still sour, isn't it? It's not. No. This one's not bad. This okay. one's not sour. Okay. And then I then I probably do the Belgian Strong. Because it's a, it's still a light beer. Uh, the Belgian strong before the chocolate. Stout. Yeah, and then finished off with the with the chocolate stout. Yeah, with, the with the coconut stout. stout. Yeah, Jamil, uh, what would you have said? Let's assume you don't know where they came from. <sighs> well, yeah, it's, it, that's a tricky three. Yeah, um, all three have interesting. That's what I think. Flavors, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it depends on what what the stout, what kind of stout it is, and then. Um, you know, the others, you know, the saisons can have a bit of alcohol. You know, they can can be quite uh, phenolic uh, or a bit phenolic. 
And the Belgian, you know, I, I I would almost do the Belgian last, and I would do... Uh, if if the coconut stout wasn't in there, I'd say do the Belgian last, yeah. but it is in there, so... Well, it depends on the coconut stout. If it's a, like a dry stout with a little bit of coconut aroma... That's um, a sweet stout with a little yeah. bit of coconut. Jamil, I'm assuming you've had these, right? No, he doesn't share his beer with me. <laughs> I never know when he's going to be here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I brought a whole keg in tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, gosh, you know, the, the only reason you wouldn't do the stout would be because of the roasty notes or the coconut notes. And you're not going to get a roasty or a coconut in either of those, the Belgian or the Saison. Yeah. The the stout is a lower alcohol, I would assume, and yeah. um, has less uh, phenolics. And, uh, you know, see, so there would be an argument for that. I And it's always a balancing act. But... You know, unless you're um, Jamil is like a woman today. <laughs> well, no, you know it's a very it's a very beer. it's a I'm a woman. It's a very critical thing when you're judging beers that you want to get them in the right order. You don't yeah. want to mess somebody up by having an IPA before an American Pale Ale. Yeah, the reason you don't is because the IPA and the American Pale Ale share some ca- some uh, similarities. And and if uh, one's more intense than the other, and having the one first is going to knock out those flavors of the second. Okay, in um. The the thing on the on the the coconut uh, sweet salad. I, I don't want to ramble on about this, but it's it's kind of an important point. What, <laughs> what you're going to have, you know, the, the the things that are different are the roasty and the coconut. You're not going to worry about that in the Belgian or the saison. You shouldn't, anyways. It shouldn't be there. The esters, though, from uh, fermentation, you're going to get some fruity esters in uh, you know the saison. You're going to get some fruity esters in the in the the Belgian strong. Yeah. If you were to, and this is really for judging related, if you were to have those first and then you had the sweet stout and there were some fruity esters in there that shouldn't be and it was a overly high amount of fruity esters, yeah. you would miss that and you would not really understand the whole of that, that beer. Okay. You see what I'm saying? There's a, there's a, sh- a common thread through the three and you have to look at that common thread and if it's hops, you yeah. know, you need to order them by hops. If the common thread is esters, you need to order them by esters. If the common thread is roastiness, you need to order them by level of roastiness. So if it's like a brown ale, uh, mild, and a stout, and a Russian imperial stout, or a porter, then, you know, you would order them differently because they all share that roastiness. Sure. So that's all I'm saying. I, I, okay. I think, you know, Doc's uh, order is fine, but I think, you know, angels on the head of a pin, you could uh, argue it either way. So now that we know the contents of War and Peace... Yes. <laughs> what order would you give him? Would you just say, say Doc's order as well? I don't know. I haven't had those beers. But, you know, uh, not, okay, just to be contrary, I'd go with the uh, Stout first <laughs> yeah. and the uh, Saison and then the Belgian Strong. And then the Belgian Strong. So you have two. You have a decision to make. Doesn't really matter. Push. Go either Flip way. a coin. All right. I'm gonna Enjoy I, all I, three. I go with Saison, Strong Gold, and then do yeah. the Stout. Is, uh, shoot, is, me, shoot me an email tonight. And uh, let Plus, me know what you thought. The alcohol, well, they all share alcohol, too. You always want to go lower alcohol to higher alcohol. Is this little uh, uh, beer party dinner couple thing that you're throwing a secret ploy to get the women more into the beer? Oh, they're so far into it already. we got to keep them away it's from It's a ploy just to get them drunk. Wow, that's great. Yeah, he came home from here, and the first thing his wife said was, where's Doc's beer? Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Doc. You'll notice that one is conspicuously absent. There's no hafevites in that mix. Uh, yeah. She drank it all, huh? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> what a lush. All right, my friend. Thanks, right. brother. Shoot Thanks, me an email. Guys. Will do. All right. Good question. Good question. Um, I have a question about one of your beers, Jamil. I kind of want to give it to you for the Jamil show tomorrow morning. Uh, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Let's it's a little bit about flavor. So let's do that. Uh, 
you take that. Keep it in your seat. You'll be back here tomorrow morning for the Jamil show. Let's take a break and let Jamil out of here. He's got to go. It's been a long weekend. He's going to be back here in the AM to do the Jamil show. Tomorrow you guys are talking about uh, the Belgian pale ale, right? Yes. I'm looking forward to that, actually. I might actually listen. Me too. <laughs> you won't listen. No, nah, you're right. But I will pretend I am listening be because I like the porn style. site you're always looking at in the Monday show. It's a nice thought. No, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. So tune in tomorrow for more Jamil on the Jamil show. It's at 10 a.m. He's going to be discussing uh, Belgian pale ale, and uh, we'll go all through that. And then, uh, yeah, he's gone for the rest of today's show. But we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Colin Kaminsky. We got to do stump the brewer. Stump the brewer. I got we some have, things to give yeah, away, like and I got to talk about Doc. Pajamas, too. Ooh. Yeah. Pajamas. I know that sounds weird, but it's got to be done. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Hang in there, guys. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Walk away. You never were one to straight up face your tears. Light an eye and look aside. It doesn't mean that you're not within my view. Bite your teeth and swallow. Close your eyes. You can't hold me back so So long, you're weakening in time and slowly fade away. Needles only go so deep, and you're past the point where there could be return. Pills and liquors cover your pain inside, but they can't give you what you.
Yeah, and that's why. I mean, normally, you know, you take it, you shoot it back hard, yeah. and it comes into your mouth, mm-hmm. and you swallow, and it's still coating your tongue. Two of us are back. Only two of us. It's tough. Important too. That's right. It's tough at the end of the show to get everybody back in the studio. Everyone's got to pee. They want to eat. You know. But uh, Doc and I made it back, and we are getting ready for Stump the Brewer. We got a couple of things to give away: uh, t-shirt and not uh, my jammies. Not Doc's jammies. I think I got something else to give away too. Oh yeah, so. I brought in a shirt. So. We'll be taking two Stump the Brewers. You can call 888-401-BEER, or maybe Daniela will make it to her computer uh, in time to see if you actually typed in any Stump the Brewer questions. So we can do it that way. In the meantime, as we're waiting for things to get rolling and your questions to come in, 888-401-BEER. Uh, Doc brought us, uh, I don't know if you remember, a long time ago, we made fun of Doc because he has the full body suit zippy with the with the vinyl bottoms uh, Feet. pajamas. Yep. <laughs> and you brought them in today. I ran across them in my closet. Yeah. And I mentioned them to you before, and I thought, you know, Justin needs to see these. <laughs> When's the last time you wore them? It's been a few years. Back when my kids were still wearing the same thing. Ah, uh, you'd put them on there. Yeah, they're the little you know, onesie things that they wear with the zip up the front. So yeah. I, I mentioned to my wife, I'd like to have a pair of those. Where the <laughs> hell she found them, I don't know, but they're full adult size with feet in them. And then... And they made the same material. Did you all, like, hang around in the house like, oh, yeah. that night? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what's that, Colin? Didn't I see those on a plushy porn site <laughs> yeah, somewhere? It might have been, yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't have the flap in the back, though. Turn me on. Thank you. Sorry. Turn me on. Say it. 
We gotta stump the brewer. Alright, stump the brewer. What are we giving away? I got a t-shirt that Doc brought in for us. Uh, what brewery, brewery is it? No, the Bells. Bell's Brewery, who uh, I've spoken to a couple times. We're going to get them in here, I think, too, yeah, I, uh, or at least on the phone. I won that in a contest back east, and I never wore it, and I just ran across it in my closet again. I thought, hey, that's a nice shirt. It is. It's a great shirt. It's unworn. It's Bell's Brewery. It's the Oberon, which is one of their brands. Right? Beautiful. All right. Are you ready, Colin? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I work in the Oberon building, so there this is exciting. All right. Okay. The question is, what state had more breweries in hi its history than any other state? In 1910 alone, 119 of the state's towns had at least one licensed beer maker. It's a U.S. state, I assume. Yeah, it's a U.S. state, yes. And then, let's, let's, well, you can cut it down a little bit because in, it's in 1912. We didn't have 50 states. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, and I, Hawaii was my first guess. <laughs> <laughs> Puerto Rico was your second. That's I'm going to say in that era, New York City, New York State. Ooh. Uh, California. Nope. Milwaukee. Nope. Uh, well, Milwaukee. Wisconsin, I mean. <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> Should be a state. All of you guys are stumped. Ah. It's Pennsylvania. Really? Uh, yeah. Who knew? Who knew? All uh, those Dutch brewers. Okay, okay. stumped. 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 Oh, they are. We'll give the T-shirt to uh, that gentleman or gentlewoman. It's actually Mrs. Henning. She Mrs. just Henning? she was disguised as somebody else. Oh, that, cool. Uh, it's uh, not a large shirt, so the, at least none of the big fat guys wore it. So that's true. I, and no, I don't know what Mrs. Henning looks like, so hopefully it fits, and uh, you'll be happy with it. Or uh, you can give it to your husband. Have you got more stumped the brewer? And we do. Let me just browse through him real quick, and I'll ask another one. Shall we give away a, a Stein? Oh, let's give away a Stein. They're so nice. Gordon Beer Stein, courtesy of Gordon Beer's Brewing Company. They're Beautiful. great. Gave one away last week. They've got the lid on the top and everything. It's a glass Stein, tall boy, and then it's got the uh, the thummy lid thing yeah. on the top. That's the technical term for it, right, Colin? Keeps the yeah, flies. thummy lid. Yeah, <laughs> Thank it. you. It's got the thummy lid. It keeps the flies out anyway. It does keep the flies out. We'll give away one of those as well to the next Stump the Brewer. You could call it in 888-401-BEER, but you got to do it quick because everyone's got to get out of here. Uh, got to go, got to go, got to go. Yeah, Doc's got to go. Colin's been with us all day and uh, it's time to end everything. So what do you got, Danielle? Anything? Mm, well, I'm still waiting for some answers. You know, they just ask the question and the don't question. give me the answers. Yeah, we need the answers first. Because uh, a lot of times people will send in the question that they think it's a great question and have no answer. And then either do we and nobody knows anything. And that's never any fun. You can ask it, you just can't win. Mrs. Yeah. Henning is asking if she could rather have the Stein and we give away the shirt now. No, it's too late. Because nope. I already offered the Stein to everybody else. No, well, she could, she could send in another question. She could yeah, I, I don't know. I just <laughs> had I not offered it to everybody else who's about to send in a question. <laughs> no, I wouldn't rules mind. Rules. I didn't. Mind, I wouldn't mind switching it, but I just offered it. You know. I'm thinking. So, no. Yeah, you got to take the shirt. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay, dear. so here's another question from Beer Bear. Okay. Where did the Church Key Beer Opener get its name? The what? The church, church key beer opener. That's what the, is that, that even? That's the pointy-ended kind of thing that before they had pop tops. Ah, and, yeah. And you had to open all your beer with the little pointy end. Oh, okay. And they called it the church key to get, get that holy water. All and right, you Colin. Know where it got Do you know name? that? Never, no. I didn't even know which particular tool it was until Doc explained no. it. Doc, do you know where it got its name? Or you just know what it is? No, I just know what it is. Okay. I, and I always call it a church key because my dad always did. Ah, okay. What's the answer? The answer is the head monk 
used to have the only opener for the cans of beer. He wore it around uh, his waist and it was called the church key. Okay. It's, it's represented on the AB label around the AB. Ah. And and you have to get below his waist in order to get it. <laughs> below the waist of a monk. <laughs> and a very smart monk to have the one key, by the way, because uh, let's face it, some of those guys were thirsty. Okay, uh, send your information, both of our winners, to Daniela at thebrewingnetwork.com, and she will be sure to get you your prizes. Uh, Beer Bear, you just won a, a beautiful Gordon Beer Stein. And Mrs. Henning, don't be disappointed. It's a very nice shirt, and uh, you'll you'll like to get that too. So, uh, GABF is coming up soon, folks, and we're yeah. going to be there. Uh, if you are going to the GABF as well, check the beer events thread in our forum because what we're trying to do is set up a listener party, and it depends on how many people are going. If there's a lot of people going, then we'll sp- we'll set up a special venue where we can all meet and drink and and have a good time. If not, we'll just meet at a, at a certain time at a certain bar, and then it's no big deal. We'll all have a, a pitcher of beer, and, and it'll be fine. No, right? we have had some recommendations already where we could all meet up. Okay. So if you are going to the GABF and you're just an archive listener or anybody else out there, please uh, come on to the forum and uh, check out the beer events thread, and there's a GABF post, and we're talking about how we can get together. I think you probably just crashed Chris White's party. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah. Maybe that was a pretty good one. Chris, a- ask him some questions and make him answer for me. <laughs> We're yeah. going to be crashing a lot of parties. I have a feeling that's going to be the case. Okay, bad news, everybody. There is no show next week. It's Labor Day weekend. Uh, Doc's at Burning Man. I'm out of town. The bridge is closed here in San Francisco, so I cannot actually get from the FM show back to here. It's impossible. I cannot excuses. get back. So, uh, yeah. On top of all of that, Nobody wants to be a guest on our show on Labor Day weekend because it's a three-day weekend and they're out of here and it is literally impossible to find. They don't even want to call in. They don't want to call. They don't want to be bothered. So everybody's got next weekend off. Relax. Have a good time. Have yourself some beer and uh, check out the archives. Yeah, I just say throw up an archive. Join each other in the forum. Have a listener party, right? Not the forum, (laughs) the chat room rather, and have a listener party. A little circle forum. Yeah. When we do come back, it'll be September 10th, and uh, people have been asking for this for over a year now, Doc. On September 10th, we're doing a mead show. Oh so boy. it will be all about mead, and we have uh, Rabbit's Foot Meadery coming in to uh, talk about Great that meads. with us. I'll say it again. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not a big fan of the meads? No, I am. You are. It's hard to drive home after. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, may be, I may be staying. All right. Well, we'll arrange that because we don't drink and drive around here, so yeah. we'll, we'll set that up. Uh, okay. Uh, I do need to mention the uh, only piece of music that you heard today that was not uh, Brewing Network material from a Brewing Network listener was from a band called Never Broken out of L.A. And I think Beer Bear actually sent that to me, although it might have been somebody else. I checked him out. Never Broken, I think neverbroken.com or something. The song we played was Selfish. So you can hear that uh, in the archive as well. And we like the independent music because we don't have to cut it out. We can leave it in there and have a proper break. Okay, sign up for the newsletter. Like I told you to, it's coming out at the end of this week, the the one for September. So you're going to want to do that. Visit Downtown Joe's. You can go to downtownjoes.com for all the information you need. Or if you're coming to the beautiful Napa Valley, you can go right to it. It's in downtown Napa. It's a great place to stop on your way in for lunch, Mm -hmm. have a couple of beers, 
remember my first time there, Colin comes out and he poured me a flight of beers all himself. It's great. Ah. <laughs> it's also a great place to stop on your way out <laughs> after you've been tasting wine. You go in for some good uh, yep. good food and, and some good and beer. If, and if you have to get that nasty taste of wine out of your mouth. You know. That's right. And that's a good place to do it. And by the way, they allow pets and everything out on the patio, so that's a cool thing. Not a lot of places do that anymore. I'm really Danielle and I uh, yell at the state of California about that quite often. That Every we, day. That we can't bring our dog anywhere, and it's a very sort of a strict thing. It's cool that you guys allow that. We're having a big dog party next month, actually. So really? that'll be fun. Yeah, maybe you guys can come up. That we're, sounds great. Absolutely. We, we uh, have a customer who brews a dog beer. Yeah. And it's a non-alcoholic beer made from uh, meat broth in a yeah. bottle. And it's, it's I called read ha- about that. It's called Happy Tail Ale. And, yeah. And she's been a longtime friend of mine and was in radio for years. Okay. And now she, this is her gig. Okay. And she's going to come out. We're going to have a party with a bunch of dogs on the patio. I love it. I'd like to talk to her anyway because I have read about that product. That's interesting. If you want her as a guest, I'll make sure it happens. Okay. Downtownjoes.com. You can probably go there to get more information about that event. There's a whole events page. And uh, you can find out the bands that are playing. and. And all the rest. Unfortunately, Colin does not distribute the beer just yet, but... Uh, Weeks away. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So it's coming. I've signed a distributorship agreement. I'm just waiting for uh, beer label approval. Okay. Well, beautiful. So you too soon will be able to buy Downtown Joe's and have it in your neighborhood. All right. Doc? Yeah? Good show, my brother. Thank you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Daniela? Yes? Great job on the hop story today. Really? Yeah, it really was good. You know, he gave us all the, the top hop producers. That was uh, interesting information. Bye, grossly. Oh. Country-wise? Uh, yeah, country-wise, exactly. And, uh, a good segment. I look forward to Daniela's World by Grossly coming up in two weeks when we come back on September 10th. Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. Bye. The archive will be up soon, and uh, you can listen to the show over and over, over and, and over. over. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.
you know what I'm talking about. But don't you give me that American cruise, boys, I want a real home cruise. Home cruise, don't you really love that home cruise? Can't get enough of it. Home cruise blows my mind. I love home cruise all the time. Yeah, I think I have that one. 